0: If you're a woman and you have four hundred and twenty-eight dollars, go buy yourself a pair of four hundred and twenty-eight dollars jeans, and then go down here to the to the Cowboy Restaurant, Toby Keiths on a Friday night. Plop those suckers up there on a stool, and the wolves will come howling at your door, Mama. I'm telling you, the more money you spend on clothes, the better you look. I wasn't really listening; I was just waiting to talk. You are what you wear, except for meat sauce.
1: It's Saturdays with Sauce A NFL Draft Edition Yeah The Minnesota Vikings have more picks than I have chins Copyright PA PA nailed it the other day, man When he said Rick Spielman loves to hoard picks yes, They have 13 picks today, Norrell They have pick 11, 24, and 26 in the 4th round 10, 24, 31 in the 5th round in the 6th round, and count them all, 4
2: in the 7th round. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Well, we got plenty of ammo, gentlemen. The stocks are down in uh, team trade-up headquarters as uh, inexplicably. The general manager found his way out of the 3rd round late last night. And Here's where, I'm, here's where I'm split on things. First of all, it's draft day and I'm excited. Well oh, yeah, and it's and as we were talking beautiful out. Um I love you. Oh, thanks. And I'm glad we get to spend the next four hours with each other. Including Brienne, by the way. Brienne behind the glass did a great job on that hour of best of related gap filling that was required between in the zone and here where we are now. Good interview, Barrero and Gladney. We had general manager Rick Spielman on, it was cool. Uh, The thing, though, is when you listen to that Spielman interview going into Day 2, Friday Feast, with P.A. in charge, the concept was we had traded back to acquire Jeff Gladney. Yes. And the excitement associated with that was not only getting your guy, but getting capital that may be used to move up. And so... We aren't in the uh, in the basement of Mr. Spielman's house. We don't know ultimately what the plan was, if trade-ups and opportunities had uh, failed or just weren't agreed to. But I felt like there were some missed opportunities because I love each of our picks. And as you're joining us here this morning, of course, uh, 22nd overall on Thursday was wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Then you had pick 31, cornerback Jeff Gladney, a couple of guys that will come in right away and hopefully make plays. Then last night with the 58th overall selection, you can podcast it, uh, Ezra Cleveland, the tackle out of Boise State, he's Alexander Madison's old teammate, so they're familiar with each other, and teammates again, they are. Uh, We actually interviewed both Madison and Cleveland last night, you can podcast that. And then at pick 89, you get Cameron Dantzler, who's going to be on the show today. Yeah, 105, right? Yeah, 105, and I love all four of those guys. Same, I do too. I think all four of them can
1: contribute right away. I think all four of them can uh, rock and roll. I also, though, I wish feel like we needed more. I wish we'd rolled out of here last night, and, and Cam Dancer, who we're going to interview, who's probably great, so that counts. I wish we'd rolled out of here last night with those four, Tyler Johnson, and then today we had, like the New Orleans Saints, no picks. Not that I don't want to do the show. We would do the show anyway, because yeah. that's how much we love the draft. It's not about that. But they have 13 picks today, and then... I just I and then all of a sudden I wake up to the news last night that Trent Williams no longer he did not want to come to Minnesota. Ian Rappaport reported it. Now he's saying with his agent, I never said that, right? But the dream's dead because you can't. They took Ezra Cleveland at fifty eight, and you still have uh what's his face Riley Reef Riley at left tackle so yeah. that dreams dead so it just shows how bad the washington that washington is with making moves
2: yeah i'd say if it's if it's dead it's because of that interaction it's because the redskins are just hideous well, whether I mean, it's Snyder, it's this Kyle Smith cat who you know i i don't understand where that type of misinformation is being fed out. And if he's so adamant about it that he didn't block any trades, either he's reversing course because it makes him look bad to other teams who yeah. may want to take on his services or whatever the case is. Um, but I, but regardless of getting Ezra, they could have still found a use for the former Pro Bowl tackle. Yeah. But, but with that said, so looking at all of those things in totality, Love the four guys we got. Mm -hmm. But when you think about trying to replace a few corners, the mass exodus of sorts that took place a few months ago, we only have two safeties on the roster at this particular point. Uh, Don't know what the future is, and, and we can go hopes and prayers style with Everson Griffin, but we need a pass rusher. I mean, you start adding these things up, and you look at the talent that was available and for the taking on Friday. It is not to dismiss the work that was done and the selections that were made. I love those selections, but with the needs that are apparent, the needs that are glaring, i got to be honest, I'm disappointed, and now we have 13 picks today. It'll be a very busy Saturday. It will.
1: Now, my plan, if I were in charge of this team, the Vikings pick here at 111, so they pick in about, I don't know, they'll pick in probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes, because... Is this still five minutes long, I would assume, or is it three? I bet you
2: this is like three.
1: Okay, so I have no they'll, idea, they'll pick here quickly. We have PA on in about ten minutes. But I'm telling you, at this point, you got your tackle. You've got depth at tackle. Maybe you found another um, Brian O'Neill situation in Ezra Cleveland. You've got two cornerbacks, and yeah. you got a wide receiver. At this point with all these picks, just start taking best available. I don't care what position they play. This team has a ton of holes. Just start taking best available, but before you do that, find an interior lineman, or I would be 100% fine with taking another tackle. I don't care. Just do something that is, I would fill a few needs and then just start ripping best available. I also, if they, with these 13 picks, don't end up with Tyler Johnson, I'm going to be upset, and... I want a quarterback in one of these first these first two rounds. Take Jake Fromm. Take Jacob Eason. Eason. Take someone at quarterback who you can fill in, and maybe somebody three or four down the uh, down the road. When hey, you need somebody who's young. I'd love to see them do that. They won't. But I want an I want an interior lineman with this first pick. Or do it, do this. Why don't you get aggressive now? Because we're not gonna we're not gonna walk away with
2: seventeen players on this team no it's it's ridiculous and so i and I've heard this immediately after the draft where the concept of acquiring the picks again was to move up and acquire talent that could produce in a weird off season early and often. we came to this decision suddenly, oh yeah, we only have sixty guys on the roster, and Rick Spielman mentioned that in his interview with p a and charts yesterday, so getting. Seven guys in the seventh round just because you don't want to screw around with college free agency, okay, in some ways I can understand that, but ultimately an extra second-rounder, an extra couple of third-round guys – mean more to me than six or seven late round guys that have nothing but maybe a coin flips chance of even making the team and producing in 2020. The Minnesota Vikings have
1: three picks. They pick at 111. That's four picks from right now. We'll come back. We'll get that pick live on the air, and then we will talk to the one and only Paul Allen. It's Saturdays with Sauce, NFL Draft 2020 edition, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round today. The Lions are now on the clock as they traded with Fan. It's Saturdays with Sauce. It is a Dark Star production in the uh, day three of the draft. Things happen quickly. Trent Williams traded to the 49ers for a fifth-round pick this year and a third-round pick next year. How about that? And Ian Rappaport, who won't let it go. One big piece of this, had the Vikings done the deal with Trent Williams he would have gotten an extension. He would have, yeah, would have with the 49ers, no extension included. Paul Allen, how are you?
3: Yo, what's up, boys? And um, it se- it seems like all the uh, the Williams intel last night was good. Uh, With, uh, you know, him not coming to the Vikings now, um, uh, it closes with San Francisco, something I did not think was possible as of yesterday. Uh, But uh, but when you go to sleep and you wake up and uh, desperation sets in, that's how it works. Um, you know with uh, with the fifth and the third next year you know honestly I don't I don't believe that would have been a problem for the Vikings and um, you know giving up requisite capital to get him I don't think that would have been a problem for the Vikings uh, the the reports earlier that uh, Williams didn't want to come to the Vikings I guess were kind of shot down um, I, I just heard you guys say so uh, it's been very perplexing uh, it's, it's had some dreamscape to it didn't work out uh, not everybody was completely on board with it you know like Paul Charles Archie and had, you know, he had an opposite take last night with you guys. And, you know, when, when, with Trent Williams' age and, and and the fact that he never plays all the games in a season and didn't play last year, I can understand that too. But, um, you know, still end of the equation. Man, I was hoping he would join the team. He didn't. Uh, now you you, you have uh, an amazing amount of picks today and 13, and uh, you got to do some damage with uh, some players that I put a lot of time into this morning.
2: Hey, uh, hey, PA. You know, now that we do look forward with these thirteen selections in day three, you know, immediately just top of head because it's I'm fighting the urge just to be a rube right now and just be like, get Ben Barch from St. John's, get Tyler <laughs> Johnson from Minnesota, yep. Sky Umar in the house. Let's get Rodney Smith in the mix. Yeah, uh, you know, if it. Mike Boone doesn't cut it, all of those things. But ultimately, you know, gotta team trade up has has gone from you know bonds and funding 401ks to you know stuff that uh people play penny stocks in their spare time. So uh with these 13 picks just top of head it's like what do we what do we got to handle today because I still see some holes in the covenant.
3: Yeah, a couple of things here Nordo. Uh one it is uh, abundantly clear to me uh with rounds 1, 2 and 3 the you know arguably the three most important rounds that making trades virtually is markedly more difficult than I think a lot of people thought it would be. I mean, think about it here. Say sauce is Spielman. uh, You're George Payton, the right hand man. And I'm Zimmer. It's like coordinating the whole thing and then putting the money guy in and the scouts. Uh, I just, I just think it was a lot more difficult than maybe some people thought it would be. So, and and secondly, you know, in in the in the opening, you know, I I would respectfully disagree with you, Eric, when when you say inexplicably uh, unable to trade up because that that would come under the assumption they didn't try and they did and they did hard and they did multiple times and they got shut down and and that was the case in the first round too. So there um you know there are uh, there is player or players they wanted. Uh, that they couldn't get to, and and I just wonder if it plays into this whole virtual situation. Uh, so you know, with that said, with these thirteen today, you know, you you, you can't, you're not going to end up with thirteen, and then the four from uh, the last two days, and 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 head into a, a truncated off season with with seventeen of the of these bits. I don't think you will, at least. Um, very early here, Vikings pick when? Well, how quickly is it
1: coming? One seventeen, so they they're six okay. picks away.
3: Yeah, the you know the. From a need standpoint, you know, I think the very, very, very obvious one, and I think Eric touched on it in the first segment, one of you did, is defensive line, okay? Yeah. Uh, they're, 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 you know, without oversharing, there was a defensive tackle. In round three, they coveted greatly and tried to get hard and could not close on it for whatever the reason. And, you know, and I think if you look at the general manager's equity with trading it's never been a problem so uh no no matter if he wants to go up for harry uh up for cordero or what or get back into the seventh eight million times last year and find three guys who could play uh so with that said the the trading aspect for spielman's not a problem he's good at it i just think the whole virtual situation you know yesterday may have played into not being able to get one or two guys they wanted so uh, you know early early today um I have my my eyes on Baylor defensive lineman James Lynch and um and I actually even put in some YouTube time on a Baylor defensive lineman which honestly is the last thing I wanted to do on a Saturday morning <laughs> but um um he's he um uh it, there is some Matt Ionidas to doing I'll just end it at that. Um, cool. He he can play outside, he can play inside. James Lynch from Baylor PA passed
2: away. Did the Opal uh, Opal potentially dead? We had oh
1: okay. Anyhow, uh, that was Pa. We don't know where he went. But the Vikings yeah, pick at one seventeen. The uh, Giants are here on the clock at one ten. Um, we've had a uh, linebacker and offensive two offensive linemen go in the first three picks of round four. But the Vikings pick again at one seventeen. So uh, there's a lot that's going to happen today because we have three picks. In this fourth round, and uh, PA was mentioning some guys, James Lynch, a defensive lineman from Baylor, that he would like to see the Minnesota Vikings pick. Um, ben Lever will join us in about ten minutes,
2: and you kind of you kind of rattle through it, you know, as as you're looking at things here, and you know, you start thinking, okay, so I like that pass rusher, and maybe James Lynch is is the right answer. Then you're thinking, how about these interior linemen that want to go, right? And then you're starting to think, well, we only have two safeties on the team. Might want to get one of those. Ooh, Tyler Johnson's there. That's tugging at the heartstrings. I mean you start adding these things up and yeah. you know, you gotta it's gotta be all aces today for uh, for Spielman in this draft. Darnay Holmes, you wanted him saucy. I did. Yeah, you wanted him.
1: I want a quarterback. I don't know why. I want Jason. They want another guard. There have want- been two guards that have gone, one from Clemson and now one at pick 111 with Miami out of
2: Georgia. You're also a huge uh, Solomon Kinley fan, if I remember correctly. Well, uh, yeah, I, I want an interior lineman. Yeah, I want I want a guard today. Um, John Simpson out of Clemson. Yeah, he of course, because... He's a guy that I like. Who loves
1: taking Clemson players? Mike Mayock. Well, I mean, if Mayock likes it, then I like yeah, it. That's, yeah, that's correct. There so, you go. There's a lot you know rolling around Although here. Although, I
2: don't but, know if Clell and... Has Clell and Farrell. He was the fourth overall pick. Didn't really make a lot of noise. I
1: don't think he did at all, no. But he had a. I think he was dynamite in their uh, championship game the year before they took him. Man, these picks are flying. Joshua Kelly, running back, goes to the L.A. Chargers at pick 112. Then we have Carolina. Then we have Arizona. Then Cleveland. Then Jacksonville. Then the. Minnesota Vikings, my good friend, and we'll probably just stay on the air here until they pick at one seventeen, which is now four picks away. The Panthers are currently on the clock. Pa said when he uh, before he cut out that he wants James Lynch, a defensive lineman from Baylor. I would be fine with that. I, I I literally for the I just heard his name five minutes ago for the first time, but I want a guard, and that's another thing. Like I don't know anything about any of these guards that are in this draft. I don't. I'm not going to pretend I do. I haven't seen any of them play. Maybe I I didn't honing on them when they were playing at Clemson cuz Clemson's on TV all the time. Right. But you can't move up from 117 to 105
2: or I I just I don't know, man. Yeah, and and when I say inexplicable, you know to what PA's point is. I wasn't under the assumption that they didn't try. Yeah, no, I know. That. It it was just it was mind-boggling to see as things kind as things unfolded and PA joining the conversation. As things unfolded, hey. Hey, babe. Hey, what's up, man? Welcome back. Well, I'm
3: about I'm about ready to say the f word on a Saturday morning with this opal. Oh, sorry. Um, so where um so where uh, where did we cut off?
2: It was something about James Lynch, and uh, and you liked yeah, him.
3: J- yeah, James Lynch. I'd focus on that early. And and just to recap, just names I'm looking for today for the Vikings. Yeah, uh, J- James Lynch, DJ Wanham. Uh, Daryl Williams, center guard from Mississippi State, like him a fair amount. Uh, Tyler Johnson would be cool, uh, along with uh, receivers KJ Osborne, Kane, and uh, Freddie Swain, a, a wide receiver from Florida who returns punts.
2: Now, I want to uh, I want to get your take on this because you know when when I was talking about not making moves up, and now we got thirteen picks, and we can make jokes about it. But something that Rick Spielman first mentioned with you in charge yesterday. And then mm-hmm. I've kind of seen it floating around throughout uh, the annals of last night into today is the yeah. concept of college free agency. And some of these things being uh, an unusual pain in the ass, given the circumstances. Yeah. So having a couple of these extra picks, he wants to be able to use those to kind of circumvent that situation. How much do you feel that that plays into, to where the Vikings are sitting now?
3: Well, I don't, I don't honestly, and I'm not speaking for the team. I'm just riding my instincts. There there's, I'm going to say it's a 3% chance heading into Saturday. They thought they would have four players and 13 picks on Saturday. So that, that, that ends the story for me right there. Uh, so now you got to look at it one of two ways. Okay. You, you, if you felt you had a legitimate shot at Trent Williams, you, you moved to 31, you get the fourth and the fifth. Okay. So therefore, you know, that goes amiss. Now you still got those picks. So add two picks there. So now, you know, it's maybe the other side of it is, OK, kill it with numbers where you're going to bring in more than you thought and and you're going to hyper analyze them. With uh, this virtual offseason they're about to have, you know, with uh, with two hour meetings uh, with with um, you know the Zoom type things and stuff like that, and then you're going to pare it down that way. You're going to get together maybe in July, late July, whatever. You're going to pare it down that way, and then you're going to head into uh, the regular season with your best guys. But but I you know it's the Trent Williams situation was was so you know for me who wanted him on the team for one or two years to give them legitimately the the, the best chance. I felt they had to win in the playoffs and get closer to the Super Bowl for that not to happen. For me personally, and it's my opinion, doesn't mean it's right. I think it sucks. And, and then he goes to the Niners, you know, where I thought that whole thing was dead yesterday. Okay. That's cool, but an NFC team probably got better. So now, you know, you just really, you got to find three, four or five that you give a 40 to 50% chance of contributing in 2020. And you got to be right.
2: So with uh getting to the picks that they did make, made a total of four, we wanted more, here we are. Uh yeah. Cameron Dansler, I think that's a pretty nice selection at eighty nine, and the more that I read up on him, the more I like him. He's joining Saucy and I here at about uh I think one oh five this afternoon. Sweet. So we're gonna get to chat with him. What are your thoughts on uh on the tall lanky corner?
3: Yeah, with, uh, with, with Dantzler, I, you know, I don't know anything about him outside of cursory knowledge. Um, I know, uh, one person with whom I texted today with the team, you know, who, who knows a lot about DBs likes him. You know, it, it wasn't like, you know, AJ Terrell, Jeff Gladney type love, but, but likes him and is happy with the pick. Um, the, the thing that jumps out at me, he's 6'2", 188. Like Jeff Gladney is 5'10, like 200. So that, that 188, man, that, that's way too light in my opinion. Um, and, and now you got the virtual off season where they're not going to be working with your weight program and your nutritionist and just doing everything perfectly. Right. I think he needs to gain weight. Um, I'm sure he can play. Not exactly sure what he's like in press or off or any of that. Uh, that 188 jumps out at me. And um, the fact that uh, that somebody I respect likes him, that that helps the equation.
1: Uh, P.A., we're all kind of in a weird mood because the Vikings, uh, you know, with the picks, you're upset about the Opal. Let me uh, cheer you up a little bit, all right? Yeah. <laughs> with the third pick, the ninety with, excuse me, with the 94th pick overall in the third round, the Green Bay Packers took a tight end. I'm going to read you the breakdown on yeah. com, he's a hard working h-back type who had flashes of athleticism as a receiver some blocking prowess but nothing spectacular about his game
3: <laughs> well that that you know nordo i think nordo's in lockstep with me on this i mean we can giggle about it and that that is one person's opinion who i have no idea who it is it's not an opinion from Corey Chavis yeah. and it's not an opinion from the inside of Negan. So until I get those, I don't or I I don't really you know, it's fun to giggle at, you know. Now with with Green Bay with, with that with that Jordan Love Pick, you know, um it's I'm I have a greater understanding now after putting some work into it yesterday as to why they did why they did it. And I can't wait to share it on Monday. And I'm actually more on board with it now uh, than I was yesterday.
1: I uh, Love you. The Vikings are two picks away. Thank We're going to have Lieber on. We really appreciate it. If something uh, unbelievable happens, we'll try and get you back on. But I, I really appreciate you helping us out these past couple of man, man.
3: man, you guys are the absolute best. Like I uh, said on Twitter last night, I, I really enjoy the slow-roll talker feel of a draft more so than here's Jedrick Willis and he does this. Here's Grant Delpit and he does this. Here's James Morgan and he does this. Um, I just really, really enjoyed it last night. It was cathartic. And, you know, it's, it's my first time in nine years on a Friday night that I've been able to sit back and listen to the fan and watch the draft. And it's not simply because we're in the pandemic purge. It was good. And it was very, very chill, man. And I just appreciate you guys for that.
2: Love you cheers
3: man uh J- james lynch baylor let, let's uh, house him early all
1: right yeah thank you uh ben lieber how are you my good friend
4: what's that happening Sweet kicks. can i ask you a question what's no, higher the no, Im- no question no questions on this interview
1: okay i'm sorry i made you watch human centipede um yeah. what's higher the amount of picks the vikings have today or my iq
4: uh, the amount of picks the Vikings have. Okay. Way, I mean, yeah, yeah, exponentially higher. What are
1: they doing? We just talked. We got, we just got off the phone with PA. Now um, Trent Williams is going to the 49ers for a fifth this year and a third next year. I think the Vikings would have done that. Things have kind of uh, gone awry here early for our Minnesota Vikings, who are Ben Lieber one pick away from picking. So if I interrupt you, I apologize
4: no, that's okay. um you know the I think the nice thing that we've heard and they've been very um, open about through this draft process is they're trying they're trying to be aggressive they've been trying to move up they tried to move up in the first round uh, they tried again in the, in the second third rounds to do something, and they just didn't have any takers so I'll take it for what it's worth i don't know if they they just didn't sweeten the pot enough or the teams that they called just were not in a position to to trade. But it sounds like they tried to be aggressive and then when that didn't work, well, why not just acquire some picks and still try to get the, the guys that you're targeting anyway? And it sounds like all that's happened. So I at least applaud them for trying to be aggressive and trying to move up, uh, although it didn't happen. So now the next best thing is to, uh, to acquire a bunch of picks. And it sounds like from Courtney Cronin that, um, you know, it's, it's very possible that the Laramie Tunsil contract may have had an issue with uh, Trent Williams coming to the Vikings and possibly wanting to restructure somewhere around uh, the new money that Tunzel was getting. And it's it's sort of a little bit up in the air, but it would be a good starting point to know that maybe maybe that was the case. Like It, it wasn't so much the draft picks. It was like what happens after they, they trade for him.
2: So where we are with all these picks and everything, I like the four guys that we got. Now, Ezra Cleveland, he's in the mix now. And how that works, competing with a the spot. They like position flexibility and such. Um, if we roll into September, you know, where do you want to see improvement made here day three on that offensive line? Is is it time for us to start establishing some some intel, some knowledge and some love for these interior line guys?
4: Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know, based on what the Vikings have said already that they feel like Esra is going to be a really good player, but maybe not in year one. And, and they kind of, you know, they compare him to Brian O'Neill, where Brian was not supposed to play his rookie year. He was supposed to just learn, uh, get a little, little bit bigger, put some, some meat on his bones and get a little bit stronger and learn the game and get up to speed. Well, injuries and all that stuff sort of forced him into action. And he's been uh, phenomenal ever since then. And they kind of feel the same way about him. It sounds like that, you know, he's, they're going to take a really talented guy. He's going to use a year to develop if that's the case, then I, I don't see Riley move moving at all from the left tackle spot. And now it opens up, there needs to be some help and some competition on the inside. And I'm not talking about center, we're talking about both guard positions. Um, there are some guys on the roster right now, but I think adding young talent, uh, a young, hungry draft pick is only going to make everybody better. So I, I would expect uh, offensive guard, uh, whether it, does, it doesn't matter if it's right or left guard, but I, I imagine guard is going to be an emphasis today.
2: Hey, do you are you a big fan of Ben Barch, the St. John's kid? Yeah, I, I liked him. Because he just I, went to the Jags one pick before the Vikings.
4: Okay. Um, so that, that is pick uh,
2: 116. 116. So we're, the Vikings are currently
1: on the clock, and one of the names that PA has given us is James Lynch, defensive tackle lineman out of Baylor. Do you know anything about him quickly?
4: Yeah, man, I uh, I've done a few Baylor games, and I really like Lynch. I think this is a this would be a good spot for him. Uh, I I definitely see him in this in this range as far as talent goes. It's highly productive, man. I I I have a I have a lot of uh, a lot of love for that program. Knowing knowing what I know about how they practice, the things that are asked them defensively. Um, it's a tough program. You're you're getting a lot of hard nosed guys that are coming out of Baylor these days. And that, that hasn't been the case, you know, when Art Briles was there, it was a little bit more of a, little bit more of a patty cake program, you know, geared towards the offense. But, but Matt Rule and what he did there and took over, he instilled discipline, toughness, um, you know, the old school mentality. So the guys that really thrive in his system, I think have a great football and mental makeup. And, and I think, uh, Bill Lynch is one of these guys that, you know, he's not going to be super flashy with any one thing, but he's going to be hard nosed and he's going to give you a high motor and he, he could be a, a fun guy to have in purple.
2: Uh, the Vikings pick not currently in. Who knows? Maybe they'll trade back again. We'll see. Uh, I hope not. Your heart ben, can't take it. I, I, it. Absolutely. You are correct. Uh, Ben, what are your thoughts on addressing the quarterback, uh, position at some point today? You in on a, on a day three guy? You know, I love that James Morgan cat. Uh, Jake Fromm is, uh, the adorning love from, uh, from meat sauce. Any, any chance you think the team looks at a QB today?
4: Yeah, I definitely think so. It sounds like early on, uh, maybe even like a month or two ago, uh, James Morgan was a guy that I heard the Vikings did like. Now, the thing is, uh, you know, Morgan is a bigger guy. And, you know, I don't want to say that he's Roethlisberger type, but he's a, he's a big, statuesque quarterback, has a little bit of athletic ability. Um, ben, one second.
1: Have... Here comes the Vikings pick with the 117th selection, Nordo. The gentleman's name is DJ
2: Wanham. Out of South Carolina. Yeah, that's a he's name a PA defensive gave end. us.
1: So uh, they took a defensive end, DJ Wanham, out of South Carolina. Ben, I, I, I hate to put you on the spot. You know anything about this gentleman. He's 6'5", 258 all, okay.
4: pounds. No, so, not at all. I'll, de- I'll definitely have to, uh, to jump into some film and see what I think of him. But um, So
2: he's our first pass the- rusher of the day and of the draft. Yeah,
4: I, I think we all understood the defensive end, whether he's going to be a three-down guy or even just a first and second-down guy, um, was going to be a point of emphasis. Um, it, it sounds like with every with every passing day that Everson is getting further and further away from coming back. There's still the possibility that he may come back, but um, you know you, they need to fill that role. And and I know that they got Yarbrough and, and free agency from the Bills, and and he's going to fill a role. But I still think you need to find. Uh, a defensive end, whether he's a pass rusher or a first and second down guy. So they, they addressed the need. Um, the other thing I was going to say about Morgan to finish that thought is, you know, in a, in a joking way, you're, if they draft him, you're going to have to sort of beat the the Green Bay green out of him because he, he grew up right outside of Green Bay, has a love for the Packers, Um and and it'd be quite something, I think, for him to get drafted by the Purple and uh, potentially have to play against his favorite team.
1: Uh, ben, we got a break. If you want, if excuse me, if you want to stay, you can. If not, we totally understand. We thank you for everything you've done for Nordo and I the past couple of days.
4: Absolutely, hey man, no, no no problem. I do have to go. I'm at my daughter's uh, horse riding stuff right now. They actually allowed that to be open, so we're uh, we're oh, out here getting some some sunshine out in Orlando. But He's almost done with her lessons, so I'll let you guys go. Uh, always a pleasure. You guys keep up the great work, and uh, it's fun, man. We've got a, we've got a big uh, a big day of Viking picks to come up.
1: Thank you, Ben. Thank, Thank you, you very you much. On, it's
2: Ben Lieber, current or former, excuse me, Minnesota Viking. Maybe picked today. The Vikings took uh, they took South Carolina defensive end. His name is DJ Wanham with the 117th overall pick.
1: we got to catch up on a few breaks, so we carried that over. The Vikings pick again at pick, um, let me see here. I just had it up. Uh, 130. 130, so yeah. they are 12 picks away. We'll get all that when we come back. And then, of course, at 11.55, uh, we'll talk to Fargo. What's happening, sports fans? Welcome back. Quick segment here as we reset the picture and then we get to uh, Fargo Flash in about 12 minutes. Talk about how Antoine Winfield went 45th overall. Yeah, Tyler Johnson is yet to be taken. We are currently at pick 120, where the Minnesota Vikings pick again at pick 130, and then again at 132. Nordo, who did they take at 117, and who went the pick before?
2: DJ Wanham is your latest member of the Minnesota Vikings defensive end out of South Carolina. One pick before him with the local angle is uh, St. John's Ben Barch, a tackle guard cat that uh, many had many awesome things to say about. So His
1: highlights are currently on uh, ESPN from the Vi- the Vikings pick.
2: Oh sweet. Yeah, there's one right there. So they
1: said on uh, you get Chavis, but here's what they said on C B S tall power edge rusher with some stiffness around the corner. Lucky. Sweet. A high motor and explosive first step early for him because he doesn't play with many pass r- rush moves. I think they said the same thing about Daniel Hunter not comparing but just saying. Yeah. But Playing and learning from Daniil will pay huge dividends.
2: Yeah, the, the key to him from Chavis is, you mentioned the high motor. Man, is he's that quick. He doesn't stop. That he gets after it the first step, and his snatch and pull maneuver to turn the corner no, no, is it's elite. 11, it's 11 a.m. Sorry about it. that. This is a family show. Man, he blocked a field goal. No, the kids. Uh, the kids, a player. So. I like. The, I mean, I don't.
1: This is the first time I've ever seen him. Good for him. I mean, Chavis. I'm has, gonna get some uh, HOF uh, intel from uh, from my guy and see what he says about him.
2: Yeah, Chavis is is has him mixed in with three, four outside linebackers, and everybody is his 20th ranked defensive end slash three, four outside linebacker, and there's about 70 of them here. So he's the type of guy that you would take early on in day three the athleticism, and some of these things are hopefully things that Andre Patterson is looking forward to working with.
1: So, yeah, there they go. So they've gone wide receiver, corner, offensive tackle, corner, and now defensive end with their first five picks. Yeah. they We are currently at 120. The Jets pick has been in for about an hour now. The Vikings pick at 130 and 132. When we come back,
2: we'll talk to Fargo Flash about Antoine Winfield going 45th overall. And how about these Gophers, by the way? Like Rodney Smith might be drafted later today. Carter Coughlin, the EP kid, uh, one of our own. We're rooting for him. Uh, he could be drafted at some point today. And, of course, we're all waiting for Tyler as well. Who
1: so, I would like at 130 or
2: 132. Yeah, and, and Flash, I mean, he's all, you know, how excited he is about the team in the first place. But then you're mixing in like a top-five I've never five heard how excited he is about the team. Uh, they're going to win every game. And, uh, and they almost did last year in his favorite he team. was right yeah in his favorite team so
1: we'll his, get a uh, bunch of unbiased percentage. gopher opinions right after this it's Saturdays with sauce a dark star production. on the west coast i moving real
3: you wear shoes like a
1: Welcome back. What's happening, sports fans? It is NFL Draft Coverage 2020. We are uh, deep
2: into the fourth round of pick 122. Eric Nordquist. And I'm deep in the weeds of these Rube polls. KFAN 1003 on Twitter. You guys have been so good about interacting with us, not only from Thursday, but into last night, and the rage quit, and all of that. And we, just, we just couldn't handle it anymore. We had to go home. I was, we, we turned in our pumpkins, had, you know, our ball had had turned, turned back into, into a into pumpkin. Pumpkins, yeah, yes. whatever
1: the bit is. Yeah.
2: Uh, most recent one is the Vikings have 13 choices, now 12. We know that, waiting for uh, one of them to go off around pick 130. How many actual choices? Would you like to see them make? And that's, that's a really good question because the well, they're idea... they're going to make all of them. Yeah, correct. The, the idea from minute one was acquiring capital to move up. Coming into the draft, you knew they had 12. It's like, well, we don't want 12 guys. We want at least a handful of guys that can play early and often. Well, more than 55% would say between five and eight selections today. That's what they'd like. So out of the 13 picks, five to eight actual players trade up a lot. And uh, I must tell you, you Rubes are brilliant. We're on the same page. Pass rush, interior O-line, a wide receiver, maybe a QB from Florida International. Who knows? But I, I wonder where these uh, these golfers are going to go today, Saucy. We just had a quarterback taken. The Colts took Washington quarterback
1: Jacob Eason, who Ooh. moved to Washington because your guy Jake Fromm beat him out in Georgia. We go to Justin... Kenzemius, the Fargo Flash. Justin, how excited were you when Tampa, with the 45th overall pick, took Antoine Winfield Jr.?
5: I don't think I was as excited as he was. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I was pretty nervous he came in. I think Mel had him 24 best overall draft uh, potential pick. Goes to slips. you know, once you get to the second day, I'm sure you're bummed out that you weren't per- picked the first day. And then, to see all the safeties get picked and you got passed up right when that second round started, so um, but you know, a month ago we'd probably say, "Uh, Tampa, you know, whatever." But man, now I mean, that's the place to be. Yeah, correct.
2: Now with uh, with Antoine, I mean, I, I'm not uh, I'm not breaking news here, but it feels like for me when I look at this kid and and getting to watch his dad play, the only thing that anybody could ever say about him that would be a negative is just needs to stay healthy, right? I mean, his versatility, the athleticism, all of that's there. Just stay on the field and. You're a 12 year player in this league, right?
5: Yeah, and his dad was durable, and so that's the. Uh, He's had a couple freak accidents that you know kept him out of the entire seasons, and so I, I'm assuming when you have to put a huge investment into a player, that becomes a major concern. You know, I, again, because I think some people try to connect his size with the way he plays with the durability, but when you go and look at the injuries that he had, they're very, very unique injuries that actually didn't have anything to do with the way he played. He just happened to have a move wrong on a foot and all of a sudden he's off for the rest of the year so i I think his durability really isn't a huge question, and obviously Tampa Bay thinks the same so I think they, you know Kimley I think they got a bit of a steal
2: absolutely now with with antoine one more on antoine forty fifth overall to the box yesterday there's a, a few more names I want to get to as well but with, with antoine you know without I, I know that you haven't studied Tampa Bay box defensive all twenty two for the last three days straight so I'm not you know, talking about the Bucks specifically, but in terms of using Antoine, what kind of player, in terms of you know the different things that that he can do? Is he playing center field in that safety spot? Can he come up and play the big nickel? We know we've saw we saw him uh, run over people in the punt return game. What what kind of different ways do you think that the Bucks are going to be able to, to work Antoine into the mix?
5: Well, I think the, I think first you're going to see a kid that plays a ton on special teams. And then you have a guy that can play free safety, strong safety, nickel and and in the dime packages and he can play that dime package like a, like a almost like a linebacker type of player. So, he probably can't play cover corner, but you know, he has at times in his careers and they needed him to. Um so he's got unique, he's very unique in the fact that he can cover um as a safety. A lot of safeties can't go man to man the way he can. And and like his dad too, the thing that you know, i think a lot of, a lot of defensive backs find a weakness uh, he's a tremendous tackler he's a, actually he's a he's a major tackler he brings a he brings a thump so he's very physical and he can cover and so i i would expect to see him make his way into that lineup here assuming we're we're playing football later this fall we're at pick
1: 124 uh, Justin Conzemus is this time where we could see Tyler Johnson come off the board. Are you uh, are you uh, not, not upset, but are you shocked that maybe he isn't gone already, or do you think this is about where he could go in the middle of the fourth round?
5: Well, I, I lost track of all the wide receivers taken. I was, there were I'm just fifteen, blown, I think, taken. Really, I mean, in the
1: first three I'd, rounds.
5: Yeah, and I didn't expect him to be top ten. And it's just one of those drafts where the you know the, the Alabama. I mean, the, the SEC talents off the charts. I mean, I think of Jerry Judy slipping to the Denver Broncos. I mean, what a steal. So the wide receiver group is maybe the most loaded we've ever seen, and he just happens to be a part of this class, so he's going to slip. Now, I think it's great that he came back because I actually think he actually strengthened his draft prospects by coming back and having an amazing senior year. But, man, if I'm the Minnesota Vikings and I got, you know, 13 picks today, I know I think one of those is already gone. Why don't you go ahead and grab him with one of these picks coming up? Because local guy it's going to help fill up, those, fill up that stadium on, a, on those set, those September Sundays that are a bit boring. And um, it's just fun to see a hometown kid be able to live out his dream. But I'm sure he's a bit disappointed. But I, I think this is, if this thing slips in the fifth, then he's really disappointed. He should be picked in the fourth round. Correct.
2: Absolutely. Now, looking at some of these other players, there's a lot of names on them. You know, Eden Prairie's Carter Coughlin in the mix, but a lot of seniors that have NFL aspirations. So whether it's Thomas Barber, it's Kamal Martin, you know, the walk-on that became a yeah. thing, and Sam Renner. I mean, you know, if, it's, it's tough to predict, but when you look at this class of guys that were outgoing seniors and, you know, those that have been working out and, and maybe dreaming of this opportunity – uh any guys that you, you still anticipate being on teams' minds or should be on teams minds as they continue through day three.
5: I think Kamal Martin gets picked in a in the next two, next hour or two. I think he's maybe he if if Tyler doesn't get picked here in the next you know, and again, I I think the Vikings grab him, but if he doesn't get picked here by the Vikings, I could see Kamal Martin maybe being the first gopher picked. Um I think Carter Coughlin probably gets picked. He's probably a six seven. Again, he's a unique player because he's not going to be an every-down guy. But boy, when you're in that third and long and you want a guy to come off the edge, I mean, talk about like freakish talent um, with some really good size. So I, I would expect him to get drafted. Renner, Rodney, Barber—they're probably going to be free agents, and it's a really tricky thing right now because I'm not sure what a rookie free agent looks like in 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 this COVID crisis. I'm not sure if they're able to have the camps that they that they typically have. So. That market might be the most interesting to watch to see how it develops because there used to be such a sense of urgency after the draft to sign your rookie free agents because there was a camp the next weekend. Well, that's not going to happen. So it'll be interesting to see if that has a bit more of a slow play in terms of signing the class.
1: Uh, your thoughts, Justin Konzimius, on this Gopher recruiting class of 2021 that is, some people say, in the top five. Uh, can you give us maybe, for those of us that don't follow it, like you and Guardzi and all the other people do, can you give us a couple of names offhand or players that you really like in that class?
5: Well, you know, the 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 coronavirus has not slowed down Old El Paso, it has not slowed down Titino's Pizzeros, and it has not slowed down Gopher football. Return. I would crush two of those things. Oh man, our sales are off the charts, which is great. We're helping America get food on the table, which is which is awesome. PJ Fleck, I've texted him a couple different times Uh-oh. because there are the guys that they have signed. Guys, we've never ever had guys like this. They signed two corners in the or not again, not signed it, but have verbal commitments. Avante Dickerson from Omaha, Nebraska, six feet, one hundred sixty-five pound. My little my, my little brother lives in Omaha. I think that he says his four. He's a four three six. No, no, you, hold on here. He turned down LSU in Ohio State hmm. and verbally committed verbally committed just a week ago. Wow. And so and then right before that, a guy named Steven Ortez out of Arizona, five eleven, one seventy five, also a four star corner. So in a in about what is this here? In about eight, in in eight days, we literally signed the two greatest defensive backs that we have ever signed in terms of their high school rankings. Now they have, of course, got to get to campus next year and they have to have a great senior year and come to campus and sign. I mean, we do not see that type of talent. The kid out of Nebraska, they say, is the best player out of the state of Nebraska in 20 years. And again, LSU, Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, USC, he had everyone offering him, and he chooses Five Part of it, guys, is what we're seeing over the last couple days. When you have Gophers that are being drafted, and you beat Auburn in a in a in a bowl game and you were on game day and in the years that they had this is why you have to get out and recruit. And what's been which has been interesting is they have done a really unique way in doing that and having these these virtual official visits online. And you sign to those kids and all of a sudden Rivals have you currently ranked number seven, and I think two four seven sports has you ranked number five in terms of national recruiting class for twenty twenty one at this point. It's pretty amazing.
2: Hey, my last one for you, and it's gut vibe. It's not like you're talking with uh, Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, or how NCAA or handle things, but clearly a lot of sports fans, as the draft comes to a conclusion today, they're thinking to themselves, now what? And eventually sports are going to start playing again. Your gut vibe on on how quickly things try to return to normalcy in college football, where we've, we've heard guys coming out with crazy ideas like, hey, we're going to start the season in the freaking winter, um, you anticipate uh, the schedule trying to get on track somewhere late August into September?
5: Well, here's the tricky thing, and I saw a Lincoln Riley interview this morning at ESPN. I, you know, I, I really didn't think of it this way. But the advanced planning that's necessary means you probably need to make a call on college football no later than July 1st. Now, again, that's assuming the regular schedule of getting kids into camp you know, mid-August and kicking off Labor Day weekend. And I think that's awfully early. I mean, that's that's just a couple months away, and we're 41 days into COVID-19, according to my tracker. And so I, I – I, if you had me to put a percentage on if for playing college football in the fall, I would say it's at about a 25% chance. And that's super, super disappointing to me. Um, and, again – they all kind of play together. If you look at that week of March, I think it was March 12th, and it all fell, fall, fell apart, you know, the NBA cancels on a Wednesday. The Big Ten tournament cancels on a Thursday. Everyone starts canceling Friday. I, I, I literally I'd flown down to watch spring training with Kate on Thursday. We land at noon, and at 4 o'clock, spring training is pulled for the remainder of the, of wow. the spring training season.
6: Holy
0: so
5: that whole, time, that whole couple days, everyone follows each other, and so, until you start getting Major League Baseball back in the NBA season back, I don't know how I don't know how you kick off and try to kick off a new season. Now, on the flip side of it, I talked to my little brother this morning in, in, in Omaha. Restaurants are opening back up in Omaha, Nebraska. You know, Fargo had restaurants open up this week. So there's parts of the country that are at different points in terms of how they're managing this. But the way our governors managing it, I I would think would be very cautious to have people in locker rooms. And have fans entering stadiums. And I just, I hope it can move faster than I think, guys. But right now, I I think it's got got, again, about a 25% chance of happening. And that affects high school, pro, tons of players, coaches. It's just a tough time. I mean, the stats that are always humbling to me, and we, I get caught up in your sports shows and I listen to it. But then I back away and I think of the unemployment levels in America right now, not just with the, the overall unemployment rate is one in five. Yeah. If you look at low-income low consumers, which are making $37,000 or less in the United States, the income, level, the unemployment level is 52%. So as much as I would die to have college football, there's such big things going on in this country right now. And I just, wonder anything, want to get this thing back to some type of new normal, get people back in jobs and get everyone back to school and, and get us talking about real live sports.
2: Absolutely. Last thing for you, because I just can't end on a solemn, (laughs) real-world note like that. I like the way you put things, though, and and I agree with you. Uh, Let's talk about Tyler Johnson's ability to run away from cornerbacks. He doesn't have a pro day, people knocking what they uh, perceive to be a less-than-elite speed. I've seen guys drafted that are some of the best wide receivers in the NFL that ran 4.5s and nearly 4.6s. Can Tyler Johnson, as polished as he is, run away from corners? I think he can, and I can't wait to see where he goes in the draft.
5: Yeah, I don't know if he needs to run away from corners. He needs to create separation through his route running. And I think if you hear Adam Thielen, at which I heard Adam talk about him on on Thursday night before the draft with PA, he is a guy that is not a he's not a great route runner yet. He's a very good route runner. He will become a great route runner. So can you imagine if the Vikings pick him and now you have Adam Thielen tutoring? Justin Jefferson and Tyler Johnson. Can you imagine that lineup on the field on Sundays. It's not I mean bad. He he can create separation. He's a tremendous athlete. And that's what I like about him. You have so you have the most athletic people in the on the field. They're going up trying to high point a ball. I think his vertical is like forty two inches. Whoa. He's got freakish leaping ability. Anyone that followed Minneapolis North in high school basketball during his time saw that. So I the way that he can jump. I think it sets him apart from these the fifteen guys that were taken already in front of them. So, if I'm if I'm a Minnesota Viking fan and if I'm a, if I'm Spielman sitting at home right now, um, boy, he'd be a fun pick to have.
1: Well, I'm a Totino's Pizza Roll fan, so hopefully the next time I see you, you bring me at least fourteen boxes of them for because <laughs> I'm gonna need it for the weekend. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Nice you guys,
5: I love your coverage.
1: Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, yeah, that too. Uh, that is Fargo Flash. Nordo. Uh, yes, Nordo, you. This is stupid. Every player Nordo wants goes. Uh, let's run back to pick. Uh, go back, Nordo, to pick 121. We're at 126. The Vikings pick at 130 and 132.
2: 121, Logan Stenberg. You mentioned him. He's a guard. They got to replace Graham Glasgow, so maybe he's a guy that they'll try and have compete. He's out of Kentucky. Jacob Eason, Huskies quarterback. I think he uh, he took over for Jake Browning, so there won't be two Huskies on this team. They didn't select him. The Colts did, though, at 122. Reggie Robinson, a cornerback from Tulsa. He goes to the Cowboys at 123. Maryland running back Anthony McFarland, Jr. He may have had a good day or two against the Gophers. I don't remember. doesn't matter anymore now because the Gophers are going to beat everybody. Pick 124, McFarland. And then pick 125. The Jets select James Morgan, quarterback Florida International. What the
1: hell's happening? I don't know, but here there that's the that's more reason, so Nordo, why I think the Vikings at one thirty, 130, one thirty-two should look at a quarterback. Because the Jets took a quarterback third overall two seasons ago. Well, yeah, and, and this guess is what? now
2: where you t- I, I, I know they it's won't a brilliant it's a brilliant move yes. for the Jets because he has all the leadership skills and intangibles. His arm's a freaking cannon. He just needs the technique work. And my bet is right now, I haven't been that impressed with Sam Darnold. He's got another year or two in the mix before it's time to say bye-bye to him.
1: There goes another guy Nordo talked about. Oh, hey, Charlie Heck. <laughs> another guy Norto uh, identified, read up on, studied up on uh, Charlie Heck. 34 starts at North Carolina. An offensive tackle.
2: Yeah, he oh, goes weird. to the Texans. His dad is the Chiefs' offensive line coach, so he's Correct. got some uh, great coaching. His dad played in the NFL. His brother, John, I believe, was an uh, offensive lineman. This in North is kind of mean, but well. I like
1: being mean. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy, that picture of his beautiful family. Is just point that money will get you just about anything. Yeah, correct. Mike McCarthy looks like he's, I mean, he's hideous. He's so am correct. I, yeah. but he's hideous.
2: Yeah, he absolutely. And his is. family is adorable. If you want another example of that, just look at any family, uh, any pictures of the Nordquist family. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, perfect example. But wait a minute, mean, I don't have
2: any money, though. I don't know how that worked out. Yeah, well,
1: your wife and children are beautiful, and well, you're ugly. Yeah, no, correct. <laughs>
2: yeah. They never claim me. Yeah, I there's mean, there's no doubt about that. Well, now, so I'm disappointed. You know, we got a pass rusher. I love that. I don't know anything about Wanham, but we need bodies in that mix, the guys that, that Patterson can work with. So The Vikings are
1: three picks away at 130 and then again at 132. What are we doing? Here's a name. Uh, they took uh, DJ Wanham, who a lot of people nationally are loving on. The gentleman yeah. at 115, sorry. 117, yeah. Whatever it is. The the guys on ESPN when we because we can't hear it because we're we're you know we're working uh, the the uh, Lewis the guy that they have on said yeah. he compares him to the exact same thing that Daniil Hunter is he's long huge arms one move that's the thing we heard about Daniil Hunter he has one move when he came yep.
2: into college they got their hands on him and now he's an all pro do you remember seeing I think it was from fifteen to sixteen so uh, he comes in. Gets on the field, I don't know, it had to have been less than 20% of the snaps. And you see him in, in Mankato for training camp his second year, and his arms were bigger yeah. just out of nowhere. Just from the off season. his arms became bigger than my freaking torso, and that says a lot.
1: Yeah, it does. And
2: then he comes in, I think six or seven sacks and all of that. Like, Daniel's a beast, and he yep. came in just as an athlete that – didn't have any answers in the pass rush. He didn't have the moves. He didn't have the the thought and the foresight on how to work uh, tackles and offensive linemen over. Now he murders everybody. Everyone. So if DJ Wanham, who, you know, if we're just looking at stats and just being cliched about it, similar body type, and he's got the explosion uh, off the line, maybe that's that's where we're at. So Patterson's ability to develop these guys, find these guys, you know, I thought – you know, if you look back at it here, just for reference, as we wait, the Vikings, the Eagles
1: at? just took Kayvon Wallace, a safety out of Clemson, well, at one twenty-seven. So, Vikings only have two safeties yeah, on the entire roster. Right. The Bills, the Jets, and then the Vikings. So, the Vikings are two picks away. The Bills are currently on
2: the clock. So, day three picks for the Vikings a year ago. Yeah, uh, Drew Samia, kind of a red should be here. should be the starting right guard. You should compete for for that starting job. Cam Smith, in my opinion, the linebacker out of USC, took him in the fifth round. Um, I think he was practice squad. Wasn't impressive. Correct. Armin Watts, the sixth-rounder out of Arkansas, he actually was getting on the field. Didn't he make a big play in the Saints game? I believe so. Yeah. So he's a kid that was day three, picked 190 overall, that found his way into the mix, and he's a pretty good player, uh, big motor, and uh, he's an aggressive player. Then there was... Marcus Epps, safety out of Wyoming. I think he was plucked off the practice squad by the Eagles. Then in the sixth round, Ole Udo may have a chance to compete or he's in a backup role. Chris Boyd will be rotating at corner. Yeah. Dylan Mitchell then now that we're in the seventh. So, you know. In Ola BC, obviously. So this is where my frustration about the team moving up and not being more aggressive, or not, I guess I shouldn't say being more aggressive, being more successful in their moves. Uh, on day two, you know, that's real, that's not going away. I think we needed guys that could compete early and often. But to the credit of, of the Vikings, I mean, their ability to find guys that work and have NFL talent on day three, that is also real. So they deserve credit for that. Now, when you're talking about Dylan Mitchell, who was practice squad, you know, he he needed a year of seasoning, maybe he'll be better this year at the wide receiver spot. B.C. Johnson came in and performed early on and kind of tailed off at the end. We got our long snapper. Chris Boyd was needed, and he stood up to the challenge. I mean, the Vikings are good at finding guys. I mean, from a scouting department standpoint and those things, they're great at what they do. I'm just hoping that some of these guys we're seeing today, whether it's Wanham and whoever our next selections are, that these are guys that can fill out part of this 53-man roster and do something productive.
1: i pick, you got they got two picks here, at 130 and then 132. One of these has got to be Tyler Johnson.
2: Yeah, if that's, if that's the way they're going, I mean, you know, picking Justin Jefferson eliminates a lot of that urgency. But, yeah, but. But yeah. I think still, unless, you know, depending, we don't know how the team feels about year two of BC. Again, I just mentioned Dylan Mitchell, Chad Beebe. Is he can be good, I think, and productive. Except, oh, he can't stay on the field. Yeah. He's, he's always hurt. So he's dynamite in the know, fourth quarter of preseason games. Tough stretches for him uh, in the regular season, however. So, how they view that position and trying to get better at it, I would love Tyler Johnson. This is, you know, something we've talked about during our Facebook live bits. I anticipated. You know, early on in Day 3, there being guys that should have went on Friday but didn't for various circumstances. I think Tyler's one of those guys, not just because of how deep the class is. And there's Gabriel Davis. Uh, he might be, is he one of the first wide receivers to go today? Uh, He might be, yeah, I think so, yeah. I think he might be. Did he just go to the Bills? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's the first day four, uh, Day 3 wide receiver off the board here, so... It is not Tyler Johnson still available. So we're one
1: pick away as the Jets pick for the second time.
2: They'll probably take Tyler, just like they took James Morgan. In four
1: picks, yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, yeah, there he is. James Morgan is a Packer fan. I didn't want him anyway. No one likes the Packers. This
2: team is built around play action and getting the ball in Dalvin's hands. So, you know, you get Justin Jefferson 22nd overall you know urgency for me i might be farther down the line on getting an, an interior alignment yeah you know how they how they view those things now they have two picks here in a three pick stretch so they have the opportunity to address uh two needs uh in one uh fell swoop so who's I, the like uh, Wisconsin lineman you like tyler i just call him badass cuz i don't know how to pronounce his name and i've never taken just the 30 seconds the, that it would take to go online Yes, that would be the guy. Uh, New Rube poll up, by the way, that you can participate in. Sweet. Where do we find that? It's KFAN1003 on Twitter. The Vikes have two picks coming up. Which position must, in all caps, they take with one of the two. Leading the way right now. People are feeling your vibe, feeling the Tyler Johnson vibe. Wide receiver with 42% of the vote after that. A little bit of my vibe with the interior lineman. How about they take... One of each. Yeah. How about a 30th? They take an O-lineman, and they take Tyler Johnson. How about that? Remember yesterday when
1: I nailed the Cam Dantzler pick?
2: Well, yeah, because you're plugged in.
1: Uh, In 45 minutes, we're talking to him. Absolutely. Which will be great. So we're waiting here as the Vikings are one pick away as the Jets are on the... uh...
2: Check this out. we got a special guest for Dantzler as well that will be joining during that conversation. That is... May or may not be another member of the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Sweet.
2: So that's going to be an absolute blast of a segment, get to know the tall corner, and uh, one of his new teammates is going to call in. They were bros, I believe, down in the New Orleans area growing up. So all these connections, whether it's former boys Boise State did, teammates. Obviously, a your Orleans guy games. James
1: Morgan didn't get the social distancing
2: bit. Oh, kiss them all.
1: There's like 70 people at his house. Shocking, it's in Green Bay. I don't think they have the internet there, so I don't think they know what's currently going on in Green Bay.
2: And it looked like, you know, entry level DSL internet. It was a little pixelated. (laughs) It helped
1: you and I. We we, use it. (laughs) But uh, here we are at one pick, at pick, excuse me, 129 with the Jets. The Vikings are slated to pick 130 and then again at 132, so they could maybe get uh, a couple of great picks and then. Because of all the trades they made after pick 132, they don't pick again to 159 and then 169. So they also have three picks in the fifth round, three in the sixth round, and four in the seventh round. But let's see what they do here when they pick again. here. They'll a- go
2: uh, Amick Robin- Robertson, a cornerback out of Louisiana Tech. Yeah. That's my guess. Okay. so I- They're going to take a third corner? Maybe. Have they already taken two other ones? corner yeah yeah the jets t- have
1: oh oh i thought you meant oh sorry i thought you meant the vikings no i'm half listening to you i i i yes.
2: understand that yes. i thought you meant the vikings i apologize no, no so I, yeah it's going to be wide receiver O lineman. i think yeah for the vikings here and
1: if it's there. a wide receiver it's gotta be
2: tyler it should be yeah why not so yeah the weird uh, by part the about- way, yeah, go ahead. I just I just want to reset the the lineup for today by the way. Yeah, go ahead. Cuz uh we'll have Ron Johnson. We'll talk about these wide receivers and maybe Tyler will be one of them. Uh Ron Johnson's going to join us around 2:15 p.m. today. Uh we'll check in again with Charge for all his thoughts on the offensive uh related positions and the team in general. He's a big Dantzler fan. He loves his cover corner ability, Charge does. If they don't he take it off- on 35.
1: If, if they don't trade up between now and we have Charge on, it's going to be like having Linda Blair on pre exorcism And then in about
2: in about 15 minutes here, uh we're going to chat with Bursich and maybe get Bursich's thoughts oh, I on Oh, yeah, Bursich, on, on the yeah, he'll be great. The
1: Jets things. pick is in and it is Nordo. It is Cameron Clark tackle Charlotte. All right, the Vikings are officially on here the we clock go. at pick 130. They pick again two picks after that when we get those two picks. We'll go to them, and then, of course, we'll break and come back. But they have 130 and then 132. It's always fun to see their name up there on the TV when they uh, have this pick. But they took, uh, earlier in the round, Norto, they took defensive end DJ Wanum. Yeah, out of South Carolina. So we'll see what that gets. A lot of people nationally are kind of digging that pick, but uh, they, got some, they got themselves a defensive lineman, so... uh here we go. The Vikings are currently on the clock at pick 130. I hope they go wide receiver, but they got, you know, they got other needs. I get that, but I hope one of these next two picks, 130 and 132 are uh offensive linemen. So we'll get the the reaction quickly. We'll get pick 130, we'll break, come back and then we'll get to pick 132. So as soon as this goes off, we'll tell you who it is. We'll break and come back and get you all the information we need on these uh brand new Minnesota Vikings, but the uh, they're currently on the clock, and they've taken a wide receiver, a corner, an offensive tackle, another corner, and then, of course, earlier today they took to a defensive end, DJ Wanham, on a South Carolina, but, of course, as Mel said, their needs are defensive tackle, and Nordo, the pick is in for the Minnesota Vikings. Here we go. I, I want Jake Fromm. You want Jake Fromm? I want Jake Fromm. So at this after point, he's talking cares? about
2: Tyler Johnson, now you want Jake Fromm?
1: Well, yeah, and get Tyler one thirty. Get just Tyler one thirty. Turned. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's yeah, welcome to my life.
2: Uh, I think Jake Fromm personally might be Ponder two That's so fine. I'm, I'm not interested go, in that. Tyler or yeah, pull it up.
1: Are they going to it? No, the guy PA said James Lynch. Defensive tackle out of Baylor, 2019. It just seems like things kept getting inside.
2: Okay, we're we're out.
1: Yeah, the Vikings are taking James Lynch, defensive tackle. They pick again at 132. We'll come back right after this. The Vikings just selected at 130. James Lynch, who was the 2019 Big 12 defensive player of the year, 13 and a half sacks last year, a draft. It was a slow day, and the sun was
0: beating on the soldiers.
1: Welcome back. It's uh, NFL Draft coverage twenty twenty fourth Fourth round coverage where so far the Minnesota Vikings have had three picks and they've made all three of them. 117, they took D.J. Wanham, a, a defensive end from South Carolina, then they came back at pick 130. Took James Lynch, a defensive lineman from Baylor who had 13.5 sacks Last year at Baylor as an interior offensive lineman, and they came back at pick one thirty-two and they took an inside linebacker out of Oregon, Troy Die. Troy, Troy Die, an interior or excuse me, an inside linebacker from Oregon. So they've gone all defense with these three picks, Nordo, in, in the fourth round. Then they have five picks of so the Vikings. As of right now, don't pick again until pick 155, and we're currently at 133. This will be a quick segment, then we'll go uh, come back, and then we'll go to Pete Bursich. But, Nordo, your quick twitch thoughts on the first three picks of the fourth round being defensive players.
2: Well, I mean, after you look through the first two days, you get the corner that you like, and then you get another one at pick 89. Defensive line needed to be addressed, and so very happy that they did that with Wanham and Lynch. Uh, just interested to learn more about Troy Dye, interested to learn you know, what the plan is in terms of slotting him in. I mentioned, you know, from a special team standpoint, I mentioned Cameron Smith, the USC linebacker, a year ago that really struggled to kind of give himself an opportunity to be productive and contribute to the team. And this kind of feels like, a role that he might be trying to fill as a special team spot filler guy. I think everyone would agree from a linebacking standpoint with Kendricks and Barr, and then you have, whether it be Ben Gideon, who had some health issues last year that forced Eric Wilson into the mix, and then you you kind of put those names together. You like where you're at there, but um, you don't have all the guys you want. So he's going to be a guy that has an opportunity to uh, maybe make the back end of a roster and, definitely be a special teams guy uh at least in in 2020. So, I don't know much about Troy Die. I didn't I don't watch, you know, it's Pac-12 after dark at the Nordquist household it does not occur other than the fact I see statistically, you know, very productive in that inside linebacker spot, a ton of tackles, probably close to leading the team in that regard, a couple of triple digit seasons for him and uh he's uh, got a few sacks in the mix so they use him that way rushing the passer, uh intercepting passes year to year to year so uh he did some things for uh for the Ducks. Maybe he does some things for the Vikings. I don't know. Yeah, it was all
1: packed twelve honors with ninety one tackles and thirteen for loss and six and a half uh, and yeah, 2017. uh But yeah, he's he's always he's I think he's I think you might have said it, but I was looking this up, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating you, but he's third all time in uh ducks tackles, so that's great, but he's an inside linebacker. Uh that was not a position I thought they'd take, but uh Who knows? I mean, I thought they'd maybe go wide receiver, offensive line, but they've gone three straight defensive players. We'll talk to somebody about uh, Troy Dye, who played linebacker in the pros and was a linebacker coach. That, of course, is Pete Bursich. We'll talk to him right after this. It's Minnesota Vikings draft coverage, 2020. The Vikings don't pick again until pick one 55 in the third round. That's pick 155 and then 169. We'll get that. If they trade up, we'll let you know. But it's NFL Draft coverage right here on The Fan, Pete. Fan. Welcome back to NFL Draft coverage 2020. Norto, what do you got?
2: Holy cow. Troy Die, linebacker, Oregon, and the Rubes. Are restless. Rube polls, KFAN 1003. Picks made thus far in the fourth round. Which do you like the best? Uh James Lynch, 26.2%. Uh DJ Wanham, 14.2%. An overwhelming 56% of the Rube populace are like, hey, what about Tyler Johnson? And 4.2% have uh have a, have said that they are positive on the most recent selection 132nd overall Troy Die linebacker out of Oregon which I think as as we bring in uh our next guest here he has a thing to say about the linebacker position. I still say it's like Cam uh, Cam Smith a year ago out of USC, he was supposed to fill like this special teams right. role and things like that and Frankly, he wasn't great at it, so maybe Troy Die is is the next opportunity to do it. I don't know. What do we got on the
1: hotline? If, if uh, Nordo and I had the first pick we would take uh, out of Notre Dame, I don't know, 1985, I think is when he played. Yeah, Pete was late 70s, I think. <laughs> good, uh, it, oh,
2: yeah, good afternoon.
7: How's it
1: going? Good, man. So, so far, the Vikings have taken three defensive players in this draft to, uh, are these guys, in your mind, I know you probably don't know a ton about them, but are these guys, in your mind, that can, A, maybe make a difference uh, on offense, or, D, uh, I mean, they're all defensive players, but are these guys that could maybe get some time, or are these some special teams guys at this point when we are deep into the fourth round?
7: Well, those are, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you are get to the fourth round, yeah, you look these guys are all going to have to help, even the starters. I mean, even the, the, you know, the first round picks, they all have to help. Uh, on special teams as a gunner and, and those kinds of things. So that's that's kind of just a given. Um,
8: you know, normally
7: the defensive linemen, uh, unless they can run real well, you're not going to see a ton of them on punt, and you know, punt cover and those kinds of things. But, um, you know, we have had success in, de- in, in developing third, fourth, and fifth round defensive linemen. So um, it makes sense that we're, you know, we're making a little bit of a run on that position here late you know later in the draft.
2: Now assess the state of the defensive line for me. Everson Griffin, he's still kind of out in the wind. Uh, you get a good rookie campaign from Mafadio Denebo. You know, Steven Weatherly is now gone. You think about some of the guys you're missing, but then you know Armin Watts has kind of given you peaks of interest uh, late in his rookie season. You still have to and all of those things. And now you add the the pass rusher DJ Wanham. You add the the defensive tackle with some burst, James Lynch. You know when, in terms of addressing needs, you know without trying to pretend that we've watched all of their games. Do you like you know being able to say that thus far in the draft, at least we got a couple of names in the mix here? How do you assess the the status of the or the state of the defensive line? Well, the
7: the big question is going to be: Can you know what are they going to do with Afani Adenabo, Um and are they going to move him to left defensive end? and you know, flop uh you know, flop Daniel Hunter. Um, we'll see. You know, we're you know, I know Daniel's played both, they played interior, they you know, they move those guys around. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. If they don't have faith in a guy like Fadi Fadio um, you know, then maybe one of these young guys can step up. But, you know, you, you you need the one thing that's changed I think in the NFL is you need eight defensive linemen. Um, if we saw and learned something against the 49ers, the 49ers had, uh, four, they had eight defensive linemen, but they could all run. And that speed that they had on defense was, was absolute, was amazing. So, uh, if you need, you need to get eight guys. And the key is to have backups, uh, where you could put them in and feel comfortable putting them in at any time. And you're not going to see you know a huge fall off. But like I said, our track record in developing defensive linemen has been much better than our track record at of developing offensive linemen. I mean, you know, beyond we we don't have anyone that's on the offensive line that's a fourth round pick or later that we've drafted. And how long that's uh you know stepped up and been a starter. I mean, I think that's the issue, and hopefully that has been. Uh, You know, with the coaching staff moves and those things, we'll start seeing some of these later round offensive linemen, uh, free agent offensive linemen, guys like that, that'll, you know, step up. I mean, we, back in the day, we had the Chris Lewinsky's of the world, Adam Goldberg's of the world. I mean, we had, you know, we had all kinds of guys, Dave Dixon's of the world. You know, we had, we, we always had one, maybe two offensive linemen. Uh, I go back to 98. I mean, you had, you know, Stucey, the first round pick. You had Randall McDaniel, the best guard probably to ever play the game. Jeff Christie was a practice squad guy that they plucked up from the Cardinals. Dave Dixon was a practice squad guy that they picked up from uh, Dallas. So you have to have one or two guys at all these different big position groups that you develop. And hopefully we'll find, you know, a body or two or have a guy surprise us, um, this, you know, this fall.
1: Uh Sorry, they're currently showing uh, highlights of James Lynch, who they took the defensive tackle out of Baylor, who had a ton of sacks last year. And I know, you know, whatever, it's a fourth round guy, but they're showing him make really good plays. I get their highlights against high end talent like Georgia. He sacked uh, the the quarterback out of Oklahoma, so it's not like he's dominating bad you know teams. But it is what it is. But it looks it's good to see.
7: Yeah, and and you know, and Andre Patterson will know knows what he wants, and I think that's when you when you when you sit down and you look at teams like Cleveland, uh, even teams like Cincinnati um, that have just struggled year after year after year. It's not because they don't you know, it's not because they don't have talent. They just don't. They're not all on the same page from a personnel and a coaching standpoint because every defense is different. You know, every offense is different. You have a different style. From what we understand, we we don't need a 350-pound guard because we need guys up front who are mobile. So in that case, you get the kid who was a tight end, maybe his freshman, sophomore year, and then you you beefed him up and, and made him a lineman. You know, you need 300-pound athletic guys up front. in on the defensive line, Patterson, I mean, we, we you look at Daniel Hunter, he's arguably the, one of the best, if not the best, pass rushers in the NFL. He was a third-round pick. You know, but he worked hard and he developed himself. So it's going to take some time because all these guys that you draft in the third and fourth round are going to have what they call holes in them, meaning they're not big enough yet, they're not strong enough yet. Uh, You know, there's certain things, but it's the work ethic that is what matters. And if these guys, because this is just a stage in their career, that's the that's the big thing. um, That you know, the advice that I would give to anyone is that when you get drafted, it's not the end. So many guys look at it and say, I got drafted in the first round, and that was my goal, that's what I want. No, this is just the beginning. And if you look at it that way, it sets the table for a mindset that you have to get better every single day. And the guys that understand that and do that and accept it and embrace it are the ones that will continue to succeed. So, you know, ironically – The at this stage of the game, and from after once you get drafted and move on, work ethic is what separates. Work ethic and toughness is what separates these guys because physically, they're all very very close. Yeah, you have your genetic freaks and you know certain guys here and there, but for the most part, I mean these guys, uh, you know, you, you they need to work and figure that out to get better.
2: That's Pete Bursich. He's the yang to Paul Allen's yin. He is the radio analyst, Vikings Radio Network, former Vikings linebacker and linebacker's coach, and one of our favorites, and he's a Metallica superfan. Pete, uh, getting back to the offensive line momentarily, uh, it is very easy, it's very popular to look at Pat Alfline and go, why are you on this team? And then on the other end of things, the other guard spot, Josh Klein, uh, he just disappears off the face of the earth one day. He's not on the team anymore. And now Drew Samia, assumed to be kind of the front-liner to, to start at that position. So I guess two-fold question, limited opportunities to see Drew Samia play. Your thoughts on that? And then Pat Elfline, can we just dismiss him so quickly? Uh, should we assume that he should at least have a an opportunity to compete for one of those guard spots?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, uh, uh, yeah, he... he... He's he's a perfect example of a guy that you need to develop a, a guy that you drafted that needs to, to step up and, and, and at least you know at least contribute. What's changed about the league is that guards have become more and more important, and they need to be because they're facing guards in the NFL these days are facing some of the better pass rushers in the league. I mean, look what we did to New Orleans when we moved our you know our, our two best pass rushers inside uh it is the sh- like you know it is the shortest distance to the quarterback uh right up the middle and so when you you know the center can only turn one way he can't split himself in half and help both ways so my point is is that you 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 need to have a good pass protecting guard and if you look in the last decade um you know when you come up with you know we were looking at the the decade the 2010s and say who are the best guards that we had well i mean there was <laughs> it was it's been a it's been a revolving door at that position, so uh, elfline moving to the other side from what i understand that that may help him quite a bit uh but yeah we'll see i mean he definitely is one guy that uh needs to develop this off season and and come back and have a great regular season
1: uh pete I like what you said, Pete such a couple of seconds ago when you said some of these guys think that this is the end that they do all this work but As you know, as somebody who was uh, picked late, there are a lot of guys that make teams and make careers out of being fourth, fifth, sixth-round picks that just outwork the first- and second-round and third-round pick guys because they know that the mission isn't over.
7: You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, for for anyone on the team, unless you are a starter and you're very well paid, um, the draft sucks, you know, because you're just sitting there wondering if they're going to be picking guys to replace you.
6: You know what I mean? And,
7: and you go through that every single year. Uh, and every single year, you got to, you know, yeah, you have to fight for, you know, you have to fight for um, for your spot to maintain your spot. And it's it's not easy, man. It, it, but that's life. I mean, that's, that's just how it is. And like I said, whether you're a third, fourth rounder or a seventh rounder or a free agent, I mean – you, you, you know, you, it's your attitude that sets you apart. And these younger guys or these later round picks, the only other thing that they're not going to get, um, are the chances. I mean, Laquan Treadwell had a million chances to prove what he could do. They would not give, the, you know, that many chances to an old BC Johnson, right? If, if BC Johnson messed up the first two, three times he got in the game, you know, goodbye. That's the main. That's the main difference. And you just gotta, as a as a late round pick, you gotta take every single snap you can get and value every moment and and go from there. But, you know, there are you know John Randall is an undrafted guy and he's one of the best to play interior defensive line. You know, I think somebody that somebody I don't play golf with him. Do you Nordo? You ever play golf with John Randall?
2: Uh, I don't, but I, I'm I'm actually in studio with somebody who plays golf with a lot of people. He may have played golf really? with John Randall. Not only no, do kidding. I
1: play golf with him, I'm currently texting with him and he said Vikings just picked one of my guys. James Lynch from Baylor could be a stud if he stays healthy.
7: There you go. And and here's the thing. I would take John Randall's opinion over over you know, a lot of a lot of other ones that are out there. I mean, uh, you know, so that's good news. I mean, that's great to hear, and I hope uh, you know. I hope Johnny can be a mentor for the kids. I mean, that's that's fantastic news.
2: Hey, my my last one for you. You you hear about Jeff Gladney being taken thirty first overall, and then last night Cam Dantzler out of uh, Mississippi State. So Zimmer got a couple of corners in the mix. You know, we we've heard about you know his his the technique and the style at which he coaches and develops these kids. You know, what is the learning curve even, you know, you remember Trey Waynes coming in in 2015 wasn't a perfect entry into the NFL. What kind of learning curve is it trying to get to do on a play-by-play basis what Zimmer wants you to do at that cornerback position?
7: Well, it's it's for sure, uh, it, let's just take it two different ways. One way is technique. Um, you know, you watched a lot of highlights in college, um, and how they play, they're not, they're not going to play that way in the NFL. Um, and the, the way Zimmer does, you see our corners rolled up a lot of times, head up, uh, on the wide receiver, trying to be physical and jam at the point of attack. I mean, that's, that's all technique. And so that's something that they're going to have to learn. Now for the rest of it. Yeah. Nordahl, there's a, there's a pretty steep learning curve. And then you, cause you have to begin to understand what defenses do and where you fit in them. You know, um, you could play a zone, but zone at some point, depending on the route and different things, can turn into man-to-man, and those young guys need to learn that, and if you look at during the season, we gave up a lot more explosive plays in the passing game than we have in a long time. That was a big problem this year. Was that problem due to, you know, the inability, inability physically to cover people? No they were communication issues between the, you know, the McKinnons of the world, you know, and then, you know, and, and, you know, uh, Trey Waynes is of the world. And, but, you know, so Xavier Rhodes, those guys not communicating, passing receivers off, doing the things that they're supposed to do. So for these young guys, yeah, there's a, there's a pretty steep learning curve coming up for them as far as how do you play coverage in the NFL?
1: Pete, thank you very much, brother. We really appreciate it.
7: All right, you're welcome, see ya. Bye, right, that's see ya. Pete Bursich,
1: uh, Vikings uh, guy that works with
2: PA. He's great. He's the Vikings guy that works with PA. Yeah,
1: well, you called him Yang to his yin, so I'm calling him the guy.
2: Yeah, he's the guy, he's in the booth. Yeah,
1: he's great. I love Pete. He always has great takes and everything. Uh, every player Nordo mentioned gets taken, so hopefully from now on we don't mention the guy from the Gophers. And we come back, we're going to talk to two Minnesota Vikings here in about 15 minutes but uh, we'll roll through some of the picks and I'll give you a breakdown of the linebacker the Minnesota Vikings took
0: at 132 that may excite Man. and now and now there's valet Park. <laughs> pull up in front, of, here's how it works in the real world, just so everybody knows pull up you give the guy $20, you tell him take good care of it, it's the only one I've got when you come out there'll be two guys holding the doors open for you and whoever you may be with slip the kid five bucks and off you go a lot of people say it's $25 and you didn't get anything for it (laughs) it's $25 and I didn't have to do anything yeah
1: What's happening, sports fans? Welcome back. It's 2020 NFL draft coverage. The Minnesota Vikings had picks 130 and 132, and at 130, they took James Lynch, and they got the stamp of approval via text to me from the one and only Hall of Fame player, John Randall. James Lynch is a defensive lineman out of Baylor. He had 13 and a half sacks last year at Baylor as an interior offensive lineman, and then to pick 132, they, they took Troy Dye a linebacker out of Oregon. Here is what they say about him on CBS Sports. They gave him for this pick. They gave it an A grade. They wrote, "Troy Dye is a long and a long covered specialist with a vast experience. Awesome in zone and can run with tight ends down the seam comfortably. He's good, not great. He has good, not great range and athleticism, but it's awesome depth." head linebacker for the Minnesota Vikings. They took Troy Dye at pick 132. They don't pick again to 155. Yeah, how about we're currently this? Norto at pick 143.
2: Yeah, how about that? As as we await, by the way, expecting in about eight minutes or so, we're going to get the chance to chat with Cameron Dansler Last night's 89th overall selection, new corner for Mike Zimmer in this Vikings defense. So uh, he's going to be calling the hotline here in about eight minutes. But, you know... I didn't know anything about Troy Die. Like I, I, don't watch Oregon football other than you know the the Herbert steam and trying to find out if what he's all about at the quarterback spot. But everything I'm reading, like wow, they got Troy Die. Now I'm kind of feeling good about it. Not that I felt bad about it. He's going to come on and have a chance to contribute to the team. So that's that's pretty cool. And at this stage now, uh, no picks until one fifty five. Currently at uh, one forty four. So we're about eleven picks away.
1: So no, why don't you for people who just get into their car, why don't you give us like the last five or six picks for us, if you could, if you got it up.
2: Uh just in totality in the draft, just yeah. as it sits now. Yeah. Yeah, let's take let's take a peek at it, uh, ladies and gentlemen.
1: So far, if you're just listening, Tyler Johnson still available. The only gopher taken was almost a hundred picks ago at pick forty five. Tampa took Antoine Winfield Jr.
2: Yeah, and you know, Carter Coughlin and, and all those guys, Kamal Martin, Thomas Barber, all those guys still in the mix from a maroon and gold standpoint. And I would anticipate at least a few of those names will will get their names called here at some point uh today. So uh Ben Bredesen, the most recent one I'm seeing, the guard out of Michigan, interior lineman, Vikings could look at interior line. He goes to the Ravens. Uh prior to that, one hundred forty two, Antonio Gandhi Golden, ten is sad about this. Liberty-wide receiver trying to find uh, diamonds in the rough. He goes to the Skins. Yeah, big kid. Penn yeah. State corner John Reed goes to the Texans at 141. Shaquille Quarterman, an inside linebacker. Not as good as Troy Dye, obviously, but uh, he's from Miami. He's a cane. He's staying in Florida playing with the Jaguars. Amik Robertson, Louisiana Tech corner, goes to the Raiders at 139. Uh so we are uh, currently at 144 where uh I guess the the Seahawks with weird running back concerns because they had uh all those injuries at that spot even dusted off Marshawn Lynch last year uh they take DJ Dallas another Miami kid uh, a, a running back with pick 144 so we're uh, 11 selections 10 or so selections away from uh away from the Vikings in their first uh of 3 fifth round pick, Saucy Saucy.
1: Uh, Philly has the last two picks here at 145 and 146 in the fourth round and then we will roll over to the fifth round. But yeah, I'm excited to talk to Cam who was taken last night. He was a third round pick for the Minnesota Vikings so I can't wait to talk to him because I want to ask him one, how this team fits him and of course if he knows Gladney if they, you know, whatever that is and I just, I think we're going to hear from somebody else so it should be a fun uh, last two hours of this show.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and still to come, uh, Paul Charchi in about a half hour from now, one thirty-five. We'll get his thoughts and all these selections, and by then we'll have maybe another offensive player in the mix, a couple of fifth rounders taken off the board, and then uh, Ron Johnson. He'll have some wide receiver opinions around two fifteen, and we're with you until three o'clock. We did five hours yesterday. We did uh, about five and a half hours on uh, Thursday. And here we are with another four-hour stretch. How good is this draft, man? I it's mean, the just, best, dude. I just I love soak it. it in, right? Uh, the only other
1: place I'd like to be is playing golf at Golden Valley Country Club. But I, this is so much fun, man. I absolutely love it here. I love, I love just why. I mean, every pick. This is where I would, if I wasn't on, uh, you know, blessed to be on the air like I am. But if I was maybe at home, I'd, ha- I'd definitely have it on now. You know, I'd be ripping about eight or nine, you know, pills, Kafan beers right now. But I would be watching it, not as intently as you and I are, but I, every time you see Minnesota's name come up, it's it, there's a tiny bit of excitement, and it's a sports excitement that we haven't had in a while. And obviously people were pumped for this, and a great move by the commissioner to keep the draft going when they rolled up about 20 million people on Thursday watching this thing. So people are excited and I guarantee you it's on a ton of
2: TVs today. Yeah, the ratings have been incredible for this virtual edition of the draft and of course there's a I think it's
1: rate. gone seamlessly because this is, right now what we're currently watching would be no different than if it was if it were if we weren't in the middle of the COVID pa- pandemic.
2: No, it's the same and it's had its moments. Technologically it's been nearly perfect. Uh, I love the late moments of both Thursday and Friday, where Goodell just gave up. Well, he meets Austin. I and mean, he's, at some point, he's as we basically said, basically sitting in, he, in his yeah. chair, spread
1: eagle. Somebody just had to tell him picks. Quit going basic instinct on it. We could see yeah. your ball. We don't need to see your codpiece. I
2: mean,
1: my goodness, <laughs> yeah. Mitch. Yeah, if it were you and I, that yeah, you go ahead, and sit like that. Yeah, no, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. No, no one got, can see got it.
2: Issue with it, but uh, no, this draft has been fun. You know, and and. For me, I miss the fan element of it though i mean i i just can't I can't get away from that and so you know a year from now at this time maybe uh maybe the draft will be in las Vegas they'll get to do what they wanted to do this year there'll be half a million people there and nine to noon maybe doing shows there uh you and I there, and uh for day three coverage uh on the scene in the seven o two so it'll, it'll be of course uh hopefully back to normal uh in twenty twenty one but uh but, no, they've done a great job with it, and it's it's what we needed. It's what we wanted. They take all the heat. I can't believe that you guys are going to go on with this. Well, they did, and the same, a lot of the same people that were ripping it three weeks ago are sitting on their couches at home right now soaking it all in as the Eagles are wrapping up the end of the fourth round here. And how about that? They get the Rieger cat at 21, the Eagles do. That gives us the ability to take Justin Jefferson, and then still curious the Jalen Hurts thing. So I, weird. I don't mind it because Wentz is always hurt. I don't but, think he's finished a season healthy. But if but if it's truly the we want to do the Taysom Hill thing, I mean, give me a break no. with that. I mean, that has a very limited shelf life from my standpoint. But uh, this is an Eagles fan line. We're we're with the Vikings. But I don't I don't That's get the pick either. About.
1: You know what. Uh... I'm going to wait till he's on hold so it sounds like I'm buttering him up. Okay. You know what pick I really loved? Which one? Which was pick 89 yeah. by the Minnesota Vikings, and it was cornerback Cam Dantzler. Cam, how are you? Paul Lambert from The Fan and Eric Nordquist. It's good to talk to you, young man. We're proud of you. We're excited to have you here. Glad to be there. So last night, when you uh, got the call at pick 89, were you expecting it to be from the Minnesota Vikings?
9: Um I would say it was like 50 Um Minnesota was, oh, it was one of the teams I figured I was gonna go to being, you know, they getting them getting rid of executive roles and you know they like big tall physical corners. So I just feel like um Minnesota's been a good fit for me and that's why I ended up landing. Uh
2: now that you uh you've been drafted by the Vikings, uh how much communication both post selection and maybe pre leading up to this did you have with head coach Mike Zimmer? I'm sure if you if you haven't heard it you know that He's a big fan of corners, a big fan of guys built like you. I'm sure he's excited to to work with you. How much communication did you have with the head coach?
9: Um, you know, we talked a lot. We talked a lot about um, ball. You know, it just takes my IQ to come by. That's really the only time I really talked to um, Coach Mike Zimmer, and I've got to got a feel for him, get to know him. And we just talked ball, and I feel like they like what I can do on the board, and they like a feel for my game and how, how my IQ is.
1: Uh, everybody likes to be the first overall pick, but when you uh, maybe a couple of days ago were sitting there looking at the draft board and maybe wondering where you would go, is this where you thought you would go? Is this kind of what your agent and everybody else is telling you, or did you maybe expect to go a little bit higher? Well,
9: I, well, I feel like everybody expects to go a little bit higher, you know, and I feel like I should have, but, you know, um, with a bad 40 had to come by, you know, a lot of guys really, you know, didn't have much faith in me after running a slow forty. But um, I just kept faith, kept working, and I just, you know, just best to be picked. And um, I just felt like, you know, Minnesota was going to be a place that, was, that I was going to land, to be honest. And
1: um, I'm just guy to be a Minnesota Viking. So you mentioned that bad 40. Something came out. Adam Schefter last night tweeted that, you know, your 40 at the combine wasn't great. But then you ran another one at a pro day that they had for you, and the, the number was off the chart.
7: Yeah.
9: yeah. Um. During training, I was dealing with hamstring problems here and there. And, you know, I like to compete. So, you know, I felt like I was at the comeback for a reason. So, you know, uh, you know, I felt like I had to go out there and, you know, prove myself. So, you know, I forced myself to run. Uh, really, I shouldn't have, but, you know, like I said, I'm a competitor. I like to compete. So, you know, just after the comeback, you know, just kept working, got healthy and wanted to do a pro day and rerun my 40 and show, like, like you know, show and test my speed and ran a good 40.
2: Hey, Cameron. Cameron Dantzler, by the way, eighty ninth overall selection to the Minnesota Vikings. Fresh cornerback with the secondary here on this Vikings defense. Cameron, what was the the process where you're at the combine, as you mentioned, and you know, forget results and all of that, but it's kind of business as usual. And as as a as a player and as a guy that has looked forward to this moment for a long time, you you know how these things go. There are face to face meetings quote-unquote, top 30 dinners and visits and all of these things as you try to you know not only sell yourself, but just get to know these teams. And, of course, with the, the health crisis, that really changed things. So what was the pre-draft process for you in this unique environment?
9: Uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, I think times a lot. I don't know Zoom Zoom means to a lot of teams. It doesn't mean a lot of different um, coaches and learning new defenses. And, um I just like, the, you know, process, it was kind of stressful at the beginning because, you know, guys couldn't go to their visits and had a few visits scheduled that I, you know, wasn't able to go to. And I wasn't able to do my pro day. Uh, so it, that was kind of stressful. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just a blessing just to have an opportunity to get drafted, and, you know, and, and be able to, you know, show what you can do. Uh,
1: Cam, Dancer, we have a surprise for you. Uh, I've been told by the sources, uh, the powers that be, that you have a good friend on this team and his name uh, was the 50th overall pick for the Minnesota Vikings last year, and that is none other than Irv Smith. Irv Smith Jr., how are you doing, man? We have your friend Cam Dancer on the phone.
8: What's going on? What's the deal, Cam? What's up? What's up? What's up brother? Congrats. Appreciate. It. Appreciate, it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. How you feel? Feel
9: great, man. Ready to get to work. Oh
8: yeah, I'm already learning. You uh, you back in Louisiana?
9: Um, I can go to Louisiana um next week to start back training. Okay, where you are
8: right now? I'm at, uh Memphis, Tennessee. You in Tennessee? Yeah, visiting my son. Okay. Hey, Irv. Okay. What's Irv, going it's, on? It's,
2: it's Eric Nordquist here. Nice to meet you and chat with you. Fantastic rookie campaign. Looking forward to seeing you. Um, how excited are you? I guess what what are the origins? Where did you and Cam first get to meet each other? Something maybe about like a 7 on 7 team? Uh you guys have known each other for a long time. This is a cool connection now that he's with the Vikings too.
8: Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Uh I we met I met Cam I think it was either like my junior it was like my junior senior year. I, th- I think it was my junior year. Uh where where we had went? I think it was at L S U it was like one we had went to a few different places and did seven on seven. Yeah. We first uh, we first met
9: at high school, like sophomore year. We played basketball, like Brother Martin and Saint Thomas. We all used to go uh, in, in basketball. So you now it's like what is he what is he doing out here playing basketball? Look how big he is. And you know <laughs> we got to know each other, um, junior year, going to camps, you know, different camps with each other. You know, we just had a connection and got close and kept in touch.
1: Uh, Irv, what would be your advice to your good friend Cam on how to, you know, kind of navigate the waters of your first year in the NFL? I know the circumstances are different. But what would be your advice to your friend?
8: Uh, you know, just come in come in ready to work, I say, uh, definitely level headed. Um, you know, he's coming into a great organization with the Vikings, so uh, you know, they're gonna put him in, in the right position, um, you know, to, to be successful. But honestly, I mean, you just gotta put the work in. Especially, you know, coming from the SEC too uh playing at mississippi state he's he ready so you know it's more just it's more just fine tuning and you know the nfl is different but you know he'll definitely be ready
2: this is sweet we got current vikings tight end irv smith on the line second year out of alabama we got fresh rookie cornerback uh, Cameron Dansler on the line, selected just last night, 89th overall. Hey, Cam, so uh, you mentioned how big Irv is, and, and now he's catching passes in the NFL. Well, at one point you were throwing uh, 26 touchdowns, and you were a high-end quarterback. How did you decide that you wanted to switch to the defensive side of the ball and then uh, butt heads with guys like Irv? Uh, you
9: know, um, growing up, always, you know, like to tackle. Uh, this is the story. When I was five years old. I got ran over by a guy named Deshaun. You know, I was always small, so he ran me over. You know, I quit, so then I, you know, I was upset, quit. And my dad, you know, he came home from work one day, and I heard his truck, and, you know, I went on the porch, and I was like, well, I don't want to get in trouble. So, you know, my dad gave me a little pep talk. It's like, no, you, you got to, you know, break him down however you can get him down. And ever since then, you know, I just like playing defense, like tackling guys. So, you know, being quarterback in high school, um, you know, I – I like running the ball, too, but, um, you know, switching from a quarterback position to a corner position at the next level in college, you know, it was kind of difficult at first because I really never played corner until I got to college, so, but, um, like I said, having a great coach like Jarrell Buckley, he taught me a lot of things, taught me the ropes in and out of being a great corner, and I just went under his wing and, you know, listened, and um, this is where I'm now today.
2: Hey, Irv, uh, you've gone up a lot against a lot of guys. You'll blow by the linebackers, but corners. When you think of a guy with Cam Dansler's size, you know what are some advantages that he can do in terms of being physical with receivers? That maybe a guy two, three inches shorter, uh, arms aren't as long, might not be as physically tough. What are some advantages that Cam's going to be able to bring in day one as he wants to contribute to this team early and often?
8: Oh yeah, definitely. You know. I've I seen Cam play a lot, uh, in his college career. You know what I'm saying? Cause my first two years I was playing, uh, against him. And then, you know, last year I got to watch him, uh, on the TV. So, you know, just seeing, seeing how he played and, you know, seeing how he carried himself. I mean, you could say he's, he's like a skinnier guy, but he gonna hit. I ain't gonna lie. So he definitely, he definitely gonna hit. He definitely gonna, you know, bring that physicality, uh, to, to defense. And, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very exciting.
1: Uh, this is for both of you. We'll start with you, Cam. What's something you guys can do in this weird off season and get you ready for the second you get the call that you're going to be allowed back into these buildings? Go ahead, Cam.
9: I just thought, you know, you got to keep working. and Make sure you're in shape, um, work on things you need to work on, and get your body uh, physically and mentally ready to, um, you know, get after it.
1: When you get the call. Irv? Hello. Hey, uh, what are you gonna? How do you keep yourself up and ready for this weird off season? And maybe something that you can do as Cam just said to get yourself ready for when you finally get this call.
8: Uh, yeah, you know it's, it's definitely weird because um, you know I haven't, we haven't played football in so long, or at least I haven't. So you know, just trying to just trying to stay ready. I say um, in that stance. but you know, mentally, uh, just trying to be ready. We start. Um, I think we start virtual. We start virtual meetings on Monday, so. You know, just trying to get ready for that. Uh, you know, definitely getting getting in the playbook because you know once once we get back, it's gonna be full swings. So, you know, just being able to be ready, uh, play fast out there. And you know, it's it's, it's football, so you know, I'm, I'm excited.
1: Uh, thank, uh, thanks to both of you, Cam. Congratulations, nerdo has got one more thing for you.
2: Yeah, just a couple of quickies for you here, and thank you so much, guys, for your time. Congratulations, of course, to you uh, this thank time you. around, Cam and and Irv. Uh, looking forward again to a, a great second campaign. Now, um, when you when you are telling your buddy Irv, hey, Cam, mm-hmm. welcome to Minnesota. Here's what we got, Coach Zimmer. Yeah, uh, watch out. He yells at everybody, but he knows what he's talking <laughs> about. All of those things. Um, what are you telling them about a couple of kids from Louisiana with that humidity and that heat in the in the thrills of summer? To uh, coming up here into Minnesota, are you going to at least buy the kid his first coat?
8: Oh uh, yeah, hey. by it's hard. It's, it's definitely get real for me. It was, it was a big shock, but I mean, honestly, I just try to stay inside as much as possible. But uh, but yeah, definitely <laughs> you got to get Cam a uh, Canada Goose or something because it's going to be cold. <laughs>
2: Uh, my last one for you guys, and I'll let you both go. Uh, which number will be more in 2020, Irv Smith Jr. touchdowns or Cameron Dansler interceptions? Let's
8: go. Cameron Dancler
2: interceptions. <laughs>
8: hey, that, <laughs> <laughs> hey
2: yeah, congratulations again, and thank you I so much that. for spending time with us. You guys have a great weekend. Stay safe. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the field soon. Yes, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you That's Cam Dantzler And Vikings tight end Herb Smith The Vikings are five Picks away from picking again In the fifth round They have three picks We'll get to all of them We'll roll back Some picks that have been taken We're on for another Hour and 45 minutes Welcome
6: back
1: It's NFL Draft Coverage 2020. I've gotten into the Red Bull sugar-free now because we're on our uh, two and a half. We did five last night. We're cruising, and I love it. The Vikings are three picks away. Eric Nordquist, uh, we just had pick 89 Cam Dantzler on and pick 50 from last year, Herb Smith Jr. Uh, Let's run through the names that have been taken as we gear up to the Vikings to pick here at one Fifty-five.
2: Yeah, if if you're a Vikings fan that's looking for interior line help, there's a bit of a run on it, and that's not good for the Vikings. Shane Lemieux, if you had big opinions on him, out of Oregon. Troy Dye's former teammate. Uh, he won't be current teammate because he went to the Giants at pick 150. Danny Pinter out of Ball State. I know you watch a lot of Ball State games, Saucy. Uh, he's with the Colts, one forty. Is that in Ohio? Uh, I believe it is, yeah. Uh or it's in Indiana. Gosh, now I feel dumb. You
8: yeah, welcome to my. I don't conference. I
2: don't trust my I don't trust my instincts enough. Let's just say that. I'm pretty sure it's in, in, in Indiana. Uh it is indeed. It's in Muncie. Um now we know everything we ever wanted to know and probably more than we needed to about uh ball state. Anyway, Alton Robinson, defensive end from uh from Syracuse, he goes to the Seahawks. Uh Khalid Kareem, he's a end out of Notre Dame. He went one hundred forty seven. Uh, to the Bengals. Most recently, Joe Reed, Virginia, another wide receiver. Kenny Robinson out of West Virginia, a safety. They went to the Chargers and Panthers, respectively, and it looks like two picks in a row uh, from the Dolphins. And uh, here we are. I want to get back to that previous segment, though. Oh, by the
1: way, if you, before you get to that, the Vikings have picked 155, yeah. 169, and then 176 in the fifth round. A total of three
2: picks in the fifth uh, Cam Dancer just sounds like a nice kid, and I am excited to see him get on the field. He is one of the better pure like right at the snap of the ball. He's locked in and he's physical at the line. Um, he looks like a good player, so I'm kind of excited about that. I'm even more excited. Like I know, you know, we're pumping the we're we're pumping the tires here on another wide receiver at some point, and of course, I, I think we all know who the name is of, of well that in the fifth round, preferred, man. Uh, preferred. But uh, Irv Smith has all the physical tools to kind of be a third receiver yeah. on the field. And I am super excited to see what he does in year two. And what sucks is his offseason's weird. You know, they'd be, they'd be looking at, you know, mini camps and things within the next couple of weeks. And that's clearly not happening. So I don't know how that changes things. But uh, swerving Irv, my man, I mean, is he still just 21. Like I'm pumped to see what he does in year two. I'm so. pumped
1: for what all Those are that good kids too. It's fun chatting with him. I'm pumped for what the Vikings Is that Muppet?
2: Oh. Yeah, that's Muppet. There's
1: Muppet again. Every dog that they've had on so far looks like Muppet.
2: Has Adam Gase ever blinked?
1: Adam Gase Charles Manson is afraid of Adam Gates. Yes, <laughs> I <I'm> love <laughs> Belichick. A Belichick. It's just, hey, puppy. It's like the episode of The over? Simpsons where Homer gains all that weight and then finds one of those home? one of those birds that just kept hitting the N yeah. key because it's you know it's no. That's basically how Belichick's doing this draft. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are on the clock with pick one fifty three, then one fifty four is Miami again, and then one fifty five, best available for our good pal and everybody that loves him, Mel Kuyper. his number one guy available, Jake Fromm.
2: Yeah, that's your guy. I, I'm not. I mean, as we start to go down the list here. I mean if they're not looking at interior O line by now and these sorts of things, I'm sorry, but I, I just don't want your guy from here in, in the mix right now. I need to start seeing some O line guys that they're interested in. Now, you know, previous if and I don't have it with me, you know, stump the snob. It's like the you know, it's like the fifth or sixth most popular game played on the fan in terms of radio games. But I had a subject one time about um Vikings O linemen drafted after the fourth round since like oh eight, and that was like you know John Sullivan in the sixth round those sorts of things. Now there's Liberty wideout Antonio. Wow, he's
1: bowled a perfect game. He began learning uh, guitar. He's a graphics design major. He raised sheep, chickens, roosters, and pigs in high school. Wow, wow. what a great and and they just showed him throw up. Uh, how much more well rounded do you need?
2: than that right I there. I can't do
1: any of those things. Oh, the Dolphins traded to the 49ers. Watch them snipe every... There is not a better drafting team than the 49ers. They get J- uh, Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk in the first round, and then on day three, they get Trent Williams because Joe Stanley's retiring. What a... Joe Staley, I... yeah. Staley, excuse me. I love the 49ers. I also love that they smoked the Packers last year, but... Man, are they uh,
2: John Lynch? Man. Well, what kind of snake, unreal? What kind of snake oil does he sell to these teams? Where he conned the Bears into moving, like selling the entire house to move up one spot for Trubisky. Now, the Trubisky parts that's on the Bears, but he, they move up one spot and he gets Solomon Thomas when he wanted him anyway. And then this year, he gets the Bucks to move up one spot. For a guy that they were going to take, well, all I'm sure get anyway. I'm sure they
1: sold to them that Joe Staley was retiring. I'm sure that's what they sold to him, and then got him to move back. They take an offensive tackle uh, from West Virginia to the uh, 49ers. So they they're low. Wait, so they take him, and
2: they've traded for Trent Williams. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, they need. They need. I mean, on the interior side, they got like Ben Garland and some guys that you know. A cue the crickets sounder from that standpoint. But they like McGlinchey, obviously. Staley's old. And, uh, by the way, despite whatever they traded for in regards to Trent Williams, they don't have a deal for him after 2020 as of now. So right now he's just a one-year rental. And he's 32. So, I mean, they got they got to pile up on that O-line. Uh, and that's what good teams do: is they take strengths and they make them better.
1: So the Forty ers didn't even trade a pick for the fifth round pick; they traded their running back Matt Breida to the Dolphins for their fifth round pick. Breida's going
2: to the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Wow. For the fifth round pick. Okay. Yeah. Did the have the, the did the Niners select a running back thus far in the draft? Or Are they just going to go with Mostert and and maybe and eventually possibly cross your fingers someday healthy Jarek McKinnon? Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot I about that. I don't think He's been there for two years. I don't think he's taken a snap on offense yet.
1: And I'm, I know he wants to play, but he got paid. He did get paid. He got paid a ton. He's a great player. I like. Man, there goes a team. Michigan guard. He's I'd always guy. take big Big Ten offensive linemen.
2: Yeah, I could have taken Ben Bredesen. Yeah, what are we doing? But
1: we didn't. So we have one fifty five. The pick is one fifty four, and that's currently uh the dolphins and then of course right after that pick we'll go to break and uh
2: remember Eric DaCosta being 2 inches away from the camera in pre pre-draft coverage yeah on television with Colleen Wolf
1: Man I I love the Ravens They're a fun team. They're going to be really good. Who did they take? They took Man, the rich get richer. They took Patrick Queen. The Packers draft and then basically just bob for apples and take whatever's available and then they the Ravens just sit there And just
2: nab Patrick Queen. What a great pick by them. Yeah, that defense is going to be good yet again. Offense is unique and explosive. Yeah, it's a
1: good team. So, so far, uh, Nordo, the Minnesota Vikings took, they had four picks in the fourth round, right? Uh, They had a total of three. Three, sorry. They had three picks in the fourth round, and they took, of course, I'm getting it right here, they took DJ Juan Monsanto. Wantem, Want, em? Want em, excuse me, with oh, the 117th overall pick in the fourth round.
2: This segment sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Continue. Yeah,
1: I need that. James Lynch, 130. They, uh, we talked about that on the after party of why my reading isn't very good. So your uh, comment is uh, mean and noted. Oh, pick 130, wow, James Lynch. Um, yeah, it was. You have a thing?
2: Yeah. Oh, I didn't. My know reading that. is terrible. Okay, but who cares? I'm that's sorry. why. That's why I have you do it. <laughs> No, I like it when you do it. So we got James Lynch at pick 130. Who'd we get at 132? We got Troy Dye. I like when they take
1: names that I can
2: read. So they got Troy
1: Dye. They took three defensive players in the fourth round. Quickly, Norto, as the 154th pick is in. And it's uh, Jason Strobridge, a defensive end out of North Carolina for the Dolphins. We are now on the clock. Quickly, as we wait for this, what do you think of the Vikings' three fourth-round picks?
2: Well, I was... So I was talking with somebody about this uh, earlier this morning. I wanted a pass rusher when they took Ezra Cleveland. And so the Ezra Cleveland pick, I love Ezra, and I think he fits in well with the team. But pass rush for me coming into this draft was an absolute part of the A-topic conversation. So I was disappointed that we traded our way out of the third round and did not leave with somebody that can get after the quarterback. So, Uh, Clearly, the Vikings were frustrated, too, because they go back-to-back with Wanham and Lynch. I like that, and I don't know much about these guys. I'm having, this is a hashtag faith, quote-unquote, moment from a 9 to noon perspective in terms of the fact that they like them. The intel on them appears to be mostly positive, and these are guys that Patterson can put into the mix. Uh, Troy Uh, died. Yes. They traded. They traded back. Mm -hmm. The Vikings, wait a minute, hold on. A, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. The Vikings had 10 we're going selections. To break. We're going to break. We'll uh, be we back. Got, oh, we got charge though, by the way. Yeah, we're going to break. Charge we'll around the back. corner.
1: The Vikings traded back to now have 48 picks. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Welcome back. Vikings draft coverage 2020. We are now into the fifth round, and at pick 155, the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Churchy and... Traded for a fourth round pick in next year's draft.
10: I'm a broken man. Yeah, I could, I could tell via, via Twitter. <laughs> uh, there's nothing left now. I do advocate trading some of these picks to next year, but you do, as a rule of thumb, you're supposed to be able to get a year up for every year forward. So you should, you know. And I guess they they traded a fifth for a fourth rounder for the Bears, and I I I, I don't I don't hate it. I would have hated it a lot more if they if they'd used if they had traded away this pick to go down in the draft again to accumulate picks. So you know, with all these picks, they should be giving themselves more ammo for next year. I don't hate it. There are players I want on the board, though. You know, we're in the fifth round. There's still good players left, um, and so uh, that part of me is really frustrated, really frustrated. Because I just I, I want to see some of these. Sort of name guys that have slid two and three rounds too far end up end up in purple, and even if they have some warts, I want to see it happen and that part's been really frustrating, but i I'm trying to be calm, and pushing some of these picks to next year does does make sense, and you, you want to have some extra ammo next year because you don't need it all this year. The Minnesota Vikings will pick
1: again maybe, at pick 169 yeah, and then 176, Nordo?
2: Yeah, that. see, the thing, we spent so much time on this chart, the, the concept of, and, and maybe I guess we were just overthinking it or way off track here, where the concept to me was given the, the number of departures, key spots, holes needing to be filled, team wants to get better, that this would be a, a draft and a year where aggression would take over, pedal to the metal moving up right so these trades don't work out now where i'm still stuck though Charch, is if the trading up thing doesn't work out it's still okay just to take a freaking guy uh, versus moving back and you know again given the needs that are there we need guys that can perform we don't need coin flips or hail marys at this stage this is very confusing to me no we still need a starting guard you
10: know, this is. There's still a lot. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. And I just, I, I, and I'm with you. I just felt like the 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 right approach was to uh, to go get your guys and get frontline starters that could that could help you out immediately. And you know, this shuffling back just. And and bypassing up opportunities to take really good players to me is really frustrating. I'm this has been a really hard, a really hard draft to, to to watch. Now that that said, the one thing I will mention is the players that they've taken mostly I like. I think they've only had one dud pick so far. So mostly I think the I think the Vikings with the picks they've made have been good picks, and I really I don't have a lot of problems with the picks that they've made. So that part I like. I just I just feel like we are not we are not maximizing all of the ammo we had rolling into this draft. Who's the dud? Uh, to me, in my mind, and you know, I'm taking a little bit of guidance here from Pro Football Focus um, on DJ Wanum, who they hated, hated, and at, said that he at, straight out said that he's going to be a a bust. whose only positive attributes were that he the measurables look right when you when you look at the play. There's nothing to suggest he could be he could be a player at the next level. And they said he was a they called him a trap. And I think the Vikings fell into the trap a little bit on him, and he's a massive, massive project. And you know, at the 117th player, you shouldn't necessarily have to have a, a massive project. Now, I did like the other two players they took in in that round, though, and uh, and James Lynch and Troy Dye, and especially Troy Dye. There were there were there were a lot of mock drafts that had Troy Dye going in the second round, so I, I thought that was that felt like a much better pick for a much more proven player.
2: Uh, Before we get back to the guys we've selected, and and, uh, obviously I need your opinions on how to move forward here as we await uh, what is hopefully an actual selection by our favorite football team. Uh, The Trent Williams saga has come to a conclusion. I can be honest and state that as of Friday afternoon before we went on the air yesterday, Charge, I thought he was ours. So um, the reality of it is it didn't happen, and that's that's all gone now but uh he goes to the 49ers for a third uh for a fifth rounder this year and next year's third and yeah. uh he goes there uh weird reports about him vetoing the chance to come here uh he denies that now then there was the the rap sheet thing where he said if if the would have went to the Vikings there would have been a contract extension included. Uh, right, that so- was
10: and that's the problem. Do you think
2: go. that was the issue?
10: Was that they couldn't come to terms? I, I think the I think the Vikings easily could have given up the fifth and the, the fifth and the third that ultimately San Francisco did give up. I don't think that was the issue at all. The issue in my mind was just they couldn't come to an agreement on the contract. When you read between the lines and everything they've said. Doesn't that doesn't that exactly what it sounds like? He wanted to be paid yeah. too much, and the Vikings either couldn't afford it or didn't think he was worth it. Uh,
1: charge you pick one fifty eight where we are in this draft,
10: and the Vikings are
1: eleven picks away from picking him. Yeah. We're you know we're we're midway through the fifth round. Are you a little bit uh, I don't know weirded out? Is the wrong term, but is it weird that
10: Tyler Johnson is still available? No, this is right where they thought he'd go. Right, and you know most people thought he'd go right around here. So I think this is I think this is his round. Um, uh, coming up, I think he'll be, he'll go at some point soon. So I think this is about right for Tyler Johnson. And this was this is what happens when you just decide to skip the combine and every and then you don't get a pro day which you you couldn't have known at the time. So I think ultimately that might have been a decision that would cost him a few rounds. Maybe he ends up in a better place because of it, but I I think there's so much concern about speed and athleticism that he questions he wasn't able to answer by skipping the combine that that's ultimately what's what's daggered his uh his his viability. Now, there are a lot of Viking fans that are, would really like to see him, and I think I think it's, it really does start to make sense. The value now is really about right for Tyler Johnson. Vikings need help at receiver. He's uh, one of the best players available right now. I, I think the Vikings' next pick was Tyler Johnson. I, I think most people in this state would be happy with that.
1: So just a little house cleaning for you. The Vikings traded their fifth-round pick, and that was the fifth-round pick that they got, pick 155, that they got from the Diggs trade. So now mm-hmm. the Diggs trade is a first, a six, and then two, 2020, two fourth-round picks. So that's a pretty good haul for one player who didn't want to be here, if yeah, you look at no, it that way.
10: Yeah, I mean, that was the best thing to come out of the Diggs, Diggs trade is that they got, they got fair value for him. Now, the other guy that I like, well, there's two other players that I'm, I'm interested in with the Vikings' two remaining picks in this round. Uh, there's a guard named Natane muti and oh, yeah. Natan Muti, who many people believe is is literally the best guard in the draft, but he's got tons of injury problems. And at this stage, why not roll the dice on a guy who has the upside to be an NFL caliber guard? And if he just doesn't get hurt, you know, then great. You know, you've got you've got a you've got a real find. That's interesting. And then I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous to consider going quarterback here. And you know, Jake Fromm's available. He's awfully accomplished. Kid's a winner, and I think this is the time when you know you Thank know how you, I feel. Church. You should always have you should always have your backup plan already on roster at quarterback. And this is a guy who's got who's got some real upside to his game, and I think would make a ton of sense for him to be selected here.
2: Did you see that my guy James Morgan is now with the Jets? No, he, I didn't see that. He yeah, went, he, went, the, yeah. he already went. He okay. went to the freaking Jets. How long before he usurps uh, Darnold over there? Is, Darn, <laughs> is Darnold any good? <laughs>
10: Darnold's okay, and they gave him a ton of help. Yeah. Right, They improved the offensive line, and then they went Denzel Mims in the second round. They're trying to give Sam Darnold every chance to succeed. I've loved the Jets draft so far, including that James Morgan pick. Remember at one point, we, were, we thought James Morgan would be like sixth round, seventh round, and then as we got closer to the draft, we started seeing him experts talking about him going in the 4th and 5th round, which ultimately he did. The
1: Patriots just took a kicker out of Marshall with their 159th overall pick. They're not going wow. to take a quarterback just to prove a point.
10: It, I, well, you're probably right. It might be to, to make sure they lose. I mean, yeah, you know, there's, well, there's it, A lot of people think that you, that's, we talked that's the about plan this. right they're,
1: now. They're in the Trevor Lawrence lose for Lawrence bit right
10: now they are (laughs) yeah i mean look at look at this weird ass draft that that bill belichick said by the way terrible general manager best coach ever terrible general manager you know the drafting that they've done has, by and large been garbage they traded out of the first round they've gone with a safety from lenore Ryan in the second round as their first pick then in the third round they do some jockeying so they can take two different tight ends I mean, it's been a weird, weird draft, and now they go kicker in round five? How strange of a draft for Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm just a firm believer that being a head coach is a totally different skill set from from being a, a good general manager, and the same person shouldn't be doing both.
2: So what are your Paul in, of course? Uh, we'll get to hear him early and often, uh, th- every Friday as part of the feast as well with PA 9 to noon, but... uh What are the things that you have really liked over the course of uh, of these selections from Justin Jefferson at twenty two, all the way through uh, the Oregon linebacker at one thirty two?
10: Filled needs. I mean, I you know this team. This was a. I think the worst thing the Vikings could have done right now is 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 gotten enamored with sort of best player available when you had massive gaping holes in the roster that had to be filled and and i you know i'm I'm glad that they didn't get just sort of beholden to some player they loved they've they've gone with and attacked positions that needed help they needed receiver help they needed cornerback help they had to fix the offensive line that was the first three picks they needed another more cornerback help they went with that in round 3 and then they they hit their edges and they needed a, they need a replacement for everson griffin and they they've pounded that in, in uh, the fourth round with two different edge guys so i think that's been the best part of what they best part of what they've done is they've actively tried to fill the the massive holes that the vikings were left with coming out of free agency this year
1: if they went quarterback
10: at 169 would it bug you not at all do it, baby. I'm on board. You know, if, if before this, I don't, I think I wouldn't have loved it before this point, but I, I think the time's about right. And again, it should be, you should be cultivating a guy who has an NFL arm that you could maybe, that has the upside to someday be a starter if you can work on parts of his game. And I think that's what, I think that's what you gain uh, with, with any quarterback that you take at this stage. What I don't want is a guy who could, Never evolve into an NFL starter and has just got like backup written all over his arm. That doesn't do anything for me. If you've got your starter in Kirk Cousins and you've got the luxury of working with some kid for several years, I want a guy who's got an NFL arm. That's, that's my guy. And, you know, Jake Fromm is not quite there, but he's not that far off it. And there's still a lot of things to like about what he could bring. Uh, James Morgan, I think would have been maybe a better choice.
2: Hey, charge. Uh, as we as we look into this uh, this draft into twenty twenty, and ultimately some of these guys will be playing, some of them will be competing, some of them will be cut. But yeah. with Ezra Cleveland, how do you perceive the game plan for the Vikings moving forward now? Post Trent Williams, forget about all that. Whatever the love you lost doesn't matter. We got Ezra. I'm glad.
10: And I'm glad. Perfect. I, I didn't want it to happen. It well, worked out perfectly.
2: So then you're not only in favor of that, but you add this tackle who maybe isn't ready to just jump in and start day one in place of Riley Reef, but he is in the mix and he'll compete for opportunities. How do you perceive a you know that game plan taking shape with the Vikings and their new tackle out of Boise State?
10: By the way, Tyler Johnson just uh, drafted uh, by the Buccaneers. Uh, oh come on of of uh, rushed. Crushed this both yeah both gophers to Tampa, they have crushed this draft, yeah it's Tampa Bay is starting to feel like a team that's going to be a serious playoff contender, holy cow, well, what a I've, I've what of their off,
1: and is as you were about to say, church, what an offensive group they have now with <sighs> Evans Gronk. Tyler, yeah. all these, brake Cameron Brait, what an offensive attack they have.
10: No kidding. I didn't see, I didn't see Tyler Johnson going here. Neither um, did I. They're so deep at receiver. That might have just been a best available player. You know, and don't forget, they added a running back, right? So they had this real problem at running back and, you know, without getting, again, no production for years in that position, and they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Who's an explosive runner? So you know this is this is a Bucs team that looks especially offensively looks like it's ready to do some serious damage this year. Holy cow! Um, back to what you were talking about with Ezra Cleveland, Nordo. I know that I know Ben Lieber, who who knows more about college football than than all of us combined, really thinks Ezra Cleveland is more of a long term project. I think he's a weak one starter, at tackle. I I really believe that the skill set's good enough and you're gonna have to get him reps anyway. And if you're going to uh if you're ultimately going to try to make him your tackle and you try to make Riley Reef your guard and and they don't have a they don't have a solution at left guard yet, then I think this is I think you you tear that band-aid off and I think you start him uh you start him right away. He had a ton, a ton of snaps at Boise State. I think he's pretty close to NFL ready and I, I just I just think you you go with that Cleveland sooner than later. He's uh, as much of a project.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, charge You're the best. I appreciate all the help the last couple of days. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
10: Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of the draft and uh, all the uh, all the twenty six seventh rounders that uh, we'll all be enjoying. Right. Later on.
1: Thank you very much, Charge. Bye bye. That's Paul Charchi and the best. Uh, when we come back, the Vikings are seven picks away. If you're just tuning in, Tyler Johnson, the Gopher wide receiver, went to. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That dream is dead. He went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick one sixty one. Tyler Johnson
2: goes to Tampa. We'll be Wait back. A minute. So he's who's it? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and who's the guy that's gonna be throwing passes to Tyler Johnson in games that count in the NFL?
1: Uh, let me think. Is it Tom Brady? My God, Tom Brady's not as good as he used to be, and I'm going to stand. I'm going to die on that hill. Tom Brady was awful the last half of last year. He was terrible.
2: But ultimately, dream come true for a kid like Tyler. Absolutely, and good he for was Tyler. Well earned and deserved. Hundred percent. Ass rooting for him, man. That's awesome for him. A and he gets to go play with Antoine
1: Winfield. There you go. Good, He's got his brother down there, man. We'll come back. We'll talk to uh, the guy that loves the state. fan.
6: Says she little money need a big boy Pull 20 inch like I'm little toy now it's need a decoy Shorty up the vodka with the G-wagon,
1: G-wagon, 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 all the up. what's happening sports fans welcome back final hour of the 2020 uh, NFL draft coverage if you're just tuning in you're out in the car you're leaving the golf course whatever it is you're doing here's an update for you the Minnesota Vikings had pick 155. That was the pick they got for Stephon Diggs. They traded that for a fourth-round pick in 2020 to the Bears, who then took a uh, defensive lineman from Tulsa. Then you go all the way down to pick 161. Tampa Bay is on the uh, clock. They take Tyler Johnson. Here's what they wrote on CBS Sports. Embarrassment of riches at offensive skill positions for Tampa. Unreal value with Tyler, good size slot ex, uh, 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 player. Excuse me, wiggle to beat press. A running back after the catch. Yeah, great skills and will be a dynamite player for this team. A plus in the fifth round. Speaking of a plus, Moss. Yes, sir. What are you doing?
6: Uh, I am sitting currently having uh, Garage Beers, listening to you guys and oh, watching The Draft. Uh, and then I also put another TV out in the garage so I could play Tiger Woods Masters 2012 Wii.
1: So you're not allowed in the house is what you're
6: saying. Yeah. yeah Something has happened. I have, yeah, I have been kicked out. There is no question whatsoever. They don't want me to be a part of what's happening there. No puzzles no board games, there is no Netflix.
2: (laughs) Hey, how pumped are you for at some point, you know, you've been working with the Vikings radio network for so long, and obviously unique circumstances, draft-related festivities, all of those things, it's a bit different now. How pumped are you at some point in the future to get back to doing what you do best, and we're in the booth, and we're watching games that count, and we're just uh, a breath of fresh air, so to speak? Uh,
6: You know, all the way around. I mean, it's uh, this is what we all need. We need concerts. We need live music. We need uh sports. Um I mean people are are developing and uh just diving into this this, this draft but then also I mean the, the Michael Jordan thing we're watching stuff that you just go, ah, "Okay, I'm going to watch Mike uh Marky Mark uh, Netflix, and the uh, Spencer uh, Confidential. It's a terrible movie, but I watched it. Because I just, yeah, it's something that
1: was on. Uh, Musk, quickly, uh, Tyler Johnson was taken at pick 161, and the news gets even better for Tyler Johnson. The Eagles are, uh, oh no, sorry, I screwed this up. The Eagles, though, I thought Goodwin played. I, I got it all wrong. I had such a great take going. <laughs> oh my doing this for, I thought it was the Goodwin from Wait a minute, hold Tampa. On.
2: Hold on for a second. Man. So Tyler Johnson goes to the Bucks 161 overall yeah. and we can lament that momentarily in in, in, yeah. in in a second. You stopped everything after Tyler Johnson was taken by the Bucks. To alert us that things got better for Tyler because the Eagles have traded for Marquise Goodwin. I thought he played for Tampa. Yes. Isn't there a good yes. one that plays for Tampa? It's Chris
1: Godwin. Yes. Okay, well, I got it wrong. I'm so dumb. <laughs> well, okay, all right. No, so no, no, no. It's day all-
6: three. We've been doing this for so many hours, Musk. Yeah. I was so excited. To be all saucy, and, 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 and you and Nordo, <laughs> I mean, you guys have been absolutely spectacular. There's, there, there's no way you can't. Uh, uh, not since thank you guys for what you guys have done and how you guys have dived into this. And then you're finding different names and different reasons why this person is this person or whatever. Uh, you guys have been absolutely spectacular and it's been great radio. It's been a great release and a, a great distraction. And I think you guys have been doing a fantastic job. That being said, um, Tampa Bay, really? I'm starting to think that maybe Belichick wasn't the guy who was trading. I'm now starting to think that it's Tom Brady because he's getting everything he wants in Tampa Bay. I
1: have nothing more to say. I need a five-minute break. I had the hottest take ever. I thought they traded that guy the second after they traded Tyler Johnson and then they were going to roll with that, but I can't read very well. Anyhow. <laughs> Uh, Mike Moss. The Vikings, by the way, are three picks away.
2: Yeah, three picks away. We'll uh, chat with our buddy Moss until uh, the Vikings hopefully make a selection, or they'll trade back again. That's something that's happening a lot. Uh, the
6: best, the best radio I've ever heard it was last night. Oh, you were listening? When just, oh, when they traded out, and then watching you both just tap out. Well, was, I, uh, I, just, so
1: you know this. I've worked with you. You, I. I the theater of the mind aspect is great. Like, and I do—I I may be too much theater of the mind when it comes to radio. And I, of course, everything—I think everything I do is hilarious. When I said, like, two minutes before, I said, "If this ticker comes up and they trade out, I'm leaving." Now, I didn't know the mood Abbott would have been in, and I know Sweatberg always, always is has my back, and he would have thought it was funny. I was to the door when they traded, and I'm like. I don't need Abbott texting me going, are you a giant baby? So I went back and we did it, but I wish I'd just left. That's how pissed I was, but it was 10.45 at night. We've been waiting, and then one fifty five comes up. They trade to the Saints, and Nordo and I lost it last night.
6: Oh, yeah, I was two cigars in and probably uh, 12 beer uh, Miller Lights in. Uh, So uh, it it was outstanding to listen to.
2: Uh, what do you love about this draft, as a Vikings fan, man? I mean, you know where the team's at, and you know you've gotten to know a lot of these guys doing uh, doing Vikings country and the various media appearances. You're connected to this squad, so you know you miss guys like Everson, but then you start hearing you know new guys coming in the door. As just a rube like us, Moss, uh on a Saturday in your garage because you've been relegated to the garage by Mrs. Moss. Um, what do you think of the draft so far?
6: Uh, you know, so far I, I I was a little leery about cornerback uh, going first and, and uh, uh, or second. Sorry, uh, uh, with Justin Jefferson going first with wide receiver, that was outstanding. But I was worried about cornerback because honestly, we, we've we've been a part of this whole thing with Zim, and it's three years deep for the cornerbacks to understand and get his defense. So I felt like if we go cornerback heavy, oh, okay. So now we're we're, we're regrouping uh, on this uh, the squad. Um, that being said, I think they've done a fantastic job. Weirdly, Roger Goodell kind of affable. Um, he's kind of cool, right? Yeah, no, he's done a very good job. Um, I love that Zimmer had the, the most massive head. Over a, a hearth, yeah, the elk with the, with the elk. I mean, so many animals on there that gives you that indication of do you really want to go into his office and, and have him tell you he's not happy? Um, I, I think uh, Spillman's done a great job. What we we have so many weeds, and I think that we have literally hit those very well. But what I think in the weeds that we have are so many players that we've gotten in the last. Three, four years that haven't actually hit the field that are going to be big impact players. And so I'm excited about it all the way around. I
1: um, must, you're the best. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the kind words. Uh, maybe later we can do a fire.
6: Oh, yes. Only um, if you have wood and uh, as long as everyone else is going out there.
1: Brilliant. It's the best bit of all time.
6: Love you. <laughs> Love you, boys. See uh, you. Man. By the way,
5: Nordo. Yeah. Uh,
6: next time I see you, and we go out golf. I hope you can work the straw. Mm.
1: <laughs> Just hammers by Moss. Bye. Wow. Um. We
2: were up I north. Had to, I had to do. We had to do a wellness check on Moss. I haven't seen him. I don't yeah. see him. I don't see my guys anymore.
1: Yeah. We uh we were somewhere a long long time, uh, like two years ago. It's pouring rain. I'm not mentioning names, and we were all up north. At, uh, what's the place up north? Why can't Grandview. I, Grandview.
2: Enjoying beverages. Enjoying beverages. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. playing
1: golf all day. It was the best. And Mus is like, because he's a chameleon and everyone loves him. He's like, I'll go. So we go up, and a friend of mine who will remain nameless, but he knows who I'm talking about, and you'll be able to quickly figure it out, says, Mus, do you want to go do a fire? It was like 2 in the morning. It was raining. Everyone was sleeping. And he's like, we'll go talk. Uh, by the way, Jake Fromm just went to the Bills at pick 167. Jake Fromm, 167 of the Bills. The Vikings are one pick away after Philly picks at 168. So every time I see Mus, I'm like, Mus, do you want to go do a fire? It's a <laughs> dumb bit, but I think it's funny. So Jake Fromm goes, man. There you go. There we go. How so was the your guy. It was. The Vikings are one pick away now that Philly is on the clock at pick one. 69, and then the Vikings pick again at pick 176. So we will have, hopefully, two more picks. Now they're ranting and raving about how great Tyler Johnson is currently. And he's all-time in all those, and the guy that uh, I think is
2: I number think two in most of those categories.
1: Will be on with us next. But, uh, man, I, was, I don't know why they waited. I would have taken him.
2: I don't. Good for Tyler, though, man. Well, and so, so that should that is the A topic. I mean, Tyler is just an incredible young man, and he's getting an opportunity from local kid just running things at North High to doing what he did from a football standpoint uh, and the career he had with the Gophers. And now he's getting to jump down to Tampa and catch passes from Tom Brady, who I think is still better than you do, but that's all good. No need to argue about that. But... I'm happy for him, and I just – I'm still mildly perplexed. So even, you know, even if you're worried about, like, cap standpoint, these day three picks, they, they're not even going to count against, like, your 51 salary bid for the cap. So at this point, you're just trying to get talent in the building, right? You're trying to get better. And I, I, I honestly am at a loss of words from a few different angles in pertaining to continually trading back trading out you know now you know there's nothing wrong with just selecting guys and trying to fill needs and again from a talent perspective seventh rounders go in the seventh round for a reason guys drafted earlier for talent technique nfl readiness related reasons and this is the perfect value pick for me and and this is you know whether it was the facebook live bits or other things Now, as uh, the Eagles are on the clock, just one selection behind the Vikings now, as we get closer to seeing what they're going to do, and and hopefully they actually take somebody 169th overall. The thing that we talked about was guys like Tyler would be available day three, and they would fall because of certain issues. For Tyler, it was going to be his speed. He'd make up for that with his route running ability, and maturity would help him get separation and do some of those things. But these guys would fall and that it was a great opportunity for the Vikings to snatch some of these guys up. They're just not doing it, and I I don't get it. That's just that's where I'm at. I love this team. I want them to win every game, and I don't understand why they're not taking talent versus continuing to, uh, in some ways it feels like paralysis by analysis, continuing just to move themselves out of position to to take some of these guys.
1: They, uh, a couple years ago, took Daniel Carlson in the fifth round, and you and I threw a fit. Yeah. The New England Patriots took a kicker out of Marshall. Yeah. CBS Sports made over 85% of his kicks in 2019, including 2-2 two and two on 50-plus kicks. But this is far too early for a kicker. F. <laughs> they gave him an F. They gave him an F. But Tyler got but an A-man. Good for Tyler. Who are
2: the last two kickers that the Patriots have had? Steven Goskowski. And your dad. Adam Vinatieri. Oh, yeah. No, Carl Douglas. Um,
1: yeah. Hasn't well, and he's a package with my dad. He so hasn't they, yeah.
2: he hasn't swung the leg around for them in many years. I just threw up. So ah. Jake
1: Fromm goes one sixty six. The Eagles are on the clock. They took at one sixty eight. John Hightower, a wide receiver out of Boise. Our Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. If we were in Vegas, I would bet that they make this pick. I think so far. They've had a dynamite draft, but let's see i think I'm, i think I speak for all the fans I'm getting tired of all the trading back. just make a um yeah, just make a pick, please
2: yeah, i'm stuck man i I can't say that they've had a dynamite draft from my perception and opinion. I think the, sorry, I like the
1: guys they that's picked. what I meant yeah, the players that they've taken have been great,
2: but I need more I need more
1: dancing around and moving back and back and back. They pick here at one hundred sixty nine and then once again at one seventy six yeah. we'll get this pick and then we'll go to break and we 'll talk to Ron Johnson about Tyler Johnson going one sixty to the Tampa
2: Bay Buccaneers that's correct and he joins his buddy see that another cool thing about that. this I hate that they're not on our team uh, but they're two guys that I really liked, and there's still room maybe for other gophers to be called but Antoine and Tyler both getting to go down to Tampa Bay am i am I wrong here it wasn't Wasn't the Outback Bowl in Tampa? Yeah. So, I mean, was the Glazer family and company just down there? And what is it, light or licked? I I forget what the GM's name. Like, they just scouted them as they smoked Auburn, and they're like, no, we want these guys.
1: How about that? The only team, and Corey made this great point, I think it was Friday. The only team, the seventh over, the only game, the seventh overall pick, the uh, defensive tackle, Derek Derek Brown, Brown. that went to Carolina, looked bad, was the gopher game.
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, go, I mean... I, I will say this: Gophers looked fantastic. The Auburn did not look necessarily entirely ready to go, or like they wanted to play. Yeah, there was there was some going through the motions and Meat us. Yeah, so, but uh, but all the same, a performance is a performance, and Mr. Johnson showed out.
1: All right, here we go. All right, the pick is no, because it's and, commercial. No, they, no, we don't. We won't go to the TV because no, they, they they won't name it. They won't call it anymore. Yeah. So the Vikings win four defensive players in the fourth round. They've yet to make a selection in the fifth round, but they are actually taking a player, Eric Nordquist, and the the pick pick is is in. in. Tell us the name once it comes up.
2: Okay, the Vikings select what Harrison Hand, cornerback, Temple. Cornerback, Temple. Is that the third corner? Okay, hang on, we're 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 scrambling here. Let's get let's get nasty with Corey Chavis. As I'm just running down, he
1: transferred. Street. I'm just going to read what's on ESPN. He transferred from Baylor to Temple. Yeah, I just went away from all the good things that I needed.
2: Okay, NFL bloodlines, good foot speed, looks the part. This is courtesy of Corey Chavis. Excellent feet, transitions out of zone, turn, smooth back pedal. And uh, let me see here. Plays soft in coverage, but he has the ability to close up ground from distance. Notes that uh, he gets lost at the line of scrimmage versus crafty wide receivers. Three-yard off-press technique creates a lane for the wide receiver, puts him into bad foot races. Other than that, uh, here's what he says. Summary from Chavis. Harrison Hand, cornerback. Is it Temple? Yes, sir. He has starting NFL potential at corner, but he needs more reps. may take a couple of years to establish himself as a frontline starter, but he can be more than serviceable as a third corner working outside. Teams that move at starting cornerbacks inside on third downs, hand could then be an option on the outside. So physical makeup, very, uh, well, I don't know who Kendall Sheffield is, to be honest, I haven't watched all his games, but he makes uh, a comparison to the physical makeup there. Uh, so it's it's a work-in-progress type guy. So
1: that's four straight defensive players this team has taken. They pick again at 176. They took Harrison Hand, a, a corner out of Temple, at 169. They draft again at pick 176. We'll get all that. And we'll get Ron Johnson's take on Tyler Johnson going 161 overall to Tampa. Sports fans, welcome back. Final two segments of two thousand and twenty NFL draft coverage. We are joined now by former Golden Gopher Ron Johnson. Ron, what's up, brother? What's going on? How are you, man? I'm good. Can't complain. Uh so a guy you know very well in Tyler Johnson when one sixty one. What were your thoughts when you saw Tyler's name pop up and go to Tampa Bay?
11: Uh, well, it was a good pick for him. I've been in contact with him, uh, did an interview with him uh, two or three days ago. So we talked about a lot of this stuff. And the thing that, I, that I've heard most from Tyler himself is how much he's learned from Adam Thielen and working inside and outside in the slot. And so now going with Tom Brady in Tampa, that's a huge get for them because what they don't realize is how good Tyler actually is in the slot um, where he can control his body. He has a real nice hesitation off the line, skip. And so all that kind of stuff, he kind of becomes a bigger Julian Edelman for Tom Brady, not as far as the speed, but as far as his craftiness in order to, um, you know, use his body to get open, but also high point a ball up the middle of the scene. And so with a guy like Tom Brady being able to look the safeties off, Tyler's going to have some uncontested catches where he's not going to get killed by safety.
2: Some split opinions, Ron, on where Tyler Johnson should have or did go or did he go too early, too late, et cetera. Would you look at this being more because of the depth of the receiver class or the lack of ability via the missed pro day to, uh, to show his skills in a more personal environment with coaches that led to him having to wait until the 161st overall pick?
11: Yeah, I mean, I look at guys in this fifth round. You look at uh, Quintez Cephas out of Wisconsin. Uh, you look at a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan who hasn't gone yet. I think a lot of those mid-range Big Ten guys, um, they definitely did not benefit from this COVID-19 issue. So they weren't able to show some of the stuff teams wanted to see. So it was strictly off-film. And then, unfortunately, it was based off what coaches said about them. So a guy like Tyler, um, you know, there were some character issue comments that came up. We don't know where from, who said them. Uh, who started the rumor, but his high school coach said he didn't say it and it wasn't him, spoke to him. Um, so, you know, and some scouts bought that up as well. So who knows where that started or what that came from. But the Vikings definitely said they had not heard anything about character issues and they're in this state. Um, so I don't know who created it, why it was created, but rumors happen all the time. You know, there was one about Dalvin uh, Cook that, you know, he didn't work out hard. You know, stuff like that happens. So I definitely think it was late for Tyler. I thought he should have went in the third round. Um, But, you know, again, he he ends up in a perfect situation with a really good team and a great quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. So even if it's one year or two years with Tom, who knows how long Tom's going to play, he's going to get a ton of knowledge this offseason from a quarterback of Tom Brady's caliber. So it all worked out uh, for the best, and, you know, we'll look from this maybe five or six years from now saying, you know, it was all in God's plan.
1: Uh, to, or uh, Ron, your thoughts on Justin Jefferson going to the Vikings at 22?
11: Yeah, that's a huge pick for the Vikings. You know, everybody had Justin Jefferson as a top 15 guy. Uh, I think it all got weird when Henry Ruggs III went off the board first. That was uh weird, but we know how Mike Mayock and John Gruden value speed. Mike Mayock for years would be on the draft panels, and he always talked about speed, 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 and that's all he talked about, and that's what he valued the most. So that's why Henry Ruggs first went off. Once that happened, everybody started kind of falling, and they got a little weird. Justin Jefferson, thank goodness, fell to the Vikings. And when you look at his game take against Clemson, against some of these top teams, in the slot, outside, bunch sets, he was everywhere on the field. So he's the guy that's going to allow Adam Thielen to be able to stay outside. We know Adam was really good in the slot. But we also know Adam wants to be an outside receiver. He wants to be that 6'2 guy that's going to run the comebacks, run the digs, and be that, you know, outlet bigger guy that Kirk's always going to throw to. Well, now you had a guy like Justin Jefferson who can go into the slot, and Adam does not have to be that guy. We know B.C. Johnson did a little bit last year, but I'm guessing Justin Jefferson is going to take over there. And then you had Tajay Sharp on the other side on the outside, who's another, um, you know, has size and, and can play in the red zone. But Justin Jefferson is uncanny with his ability to – Get open, and you know, when they run bunch sets, he gets lost really fast because he's running so smooth. People don't think he's running fast, and then by the time he's up on you, it's too late and he's gone. And so, he has a real uncanny way to just look comfortable and calm and cool at all times, and then all of a sudden, he's running by you.
2: Hey, Ron, uh, analyze this current receiving uh, group then for the Vikings. So, you add you, 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 you don't have Diggs, but now you have Justin Jefferson. And Chad Beebe, we don't know how healthy he can remain from a season-to-season basis. Year two of B.C. Johnson feels like he tailed off. Dylan Mitchell from Oregon a year ago was on the practice squad. Now he's in the mix. Uh, What do you like or what do you want to see improve? And uh, how do you like this receiving core for the Purple?
11: Well, if you look at the Vikings overall, I think uh Irv Smith in year two is going to have to drink way more water from the fire hose. He's going to have to take on a lot more of the offensive playbook because I look forward to seeing him do some of the four receiver sets where if they go empty four wide, Irv is your fourth receiver, and he is the guy out there with Dalvin Cook in the backfield or Kyle Rudolph is the other tight end and is an empty backfield. But when you look at this core, I mean, honestly, I think they can get through a year with BC or, or uh, BC, Justin, Adam, um, and as well as Tajay Sharp. I think those, those are your four going into it. Um, I think BB kind of gets pushed back to number five in training camp and then he's going to be competing with guys like Dylan Mitchell or if they happen to pick up another guy in this draft, cause like I said, Donovan Peoples Jones out of Michigan is still there and he was one of Michigan's top receivers. And so you look at his size at six two, but his speed at four, four, eight. He's another guy that can come in and be a fourth receiver, but also he was a really good kick and punt returner for Michigan. So instead of your starting corner, Mike Hughes have to return punts, you can put a sure handed Donovan Peoples Jones back there to return kicks and fair catch it because in the NFL, mainly it's fair catching for the most part. Um, you just, you might get a return every once in a while, but there's still, there's a kid from, uh, SMU, really fast receiver, 511. Um, he's still out there. So there's, there's still some receivers. I mean, with, with seven picks possibly left. Um, if there's no more trades or who knows what's going to happen with that, um, that the Vikings could still go after and get another good, solid receiver to add to this mix. Because with so many picks, it's less likely to be free agents and more likely to be six and seven rounders that are making that, you know, bubble uh, pick to be on the the 53-man or 56-man roster.
2: Hey, last thing for you, I guess, uh, well, actually two things. First thing, uh, do you anticipate any more members of the Gophers Going in this draft, Carter Coughlin hasn't been named, Kamal Martin, some of those guys. You you think any of those guys will get their names called?
11: I think Carter and Kamal will. I think it's going to be maybe sixth, seventh round. Uh, I say Carter more so than Kamal. Um, and the only reason I say that is just because he can, it's going to have to be a 3 team. He's not a defensive end. Um, he just played defense end with the Gophers. Uh, but what Carter's going to have to learn is how to play in the overfront where he is an outside linebacker that gets on the line of scrimmage like a TJ Watt. Um, but he's not a true hand in the ground defensive end and his weight at 230, 235. Um, that's always going to be the question of, you know, how long can he hold up rushing the quarterback? He's going to have to, he's going to have to put some grown man weight on. Uh, but Kamal, he's a wild card. I mean, I think he's going to be, you know, a, a six, seven round pick that's going to come in right away and be a special teams guy. Uh, he's a freak athlete that loves to play football. So, you know, that's that's where he's going to fall. But he also could end up being a preferred free, you know, uh, free agent where as soon as this draft's over, he's going to be one of those guys uh, like a CJ Ham, like an Adam Thielen that gets a call from the Vikings and say, "Hey, Kamal, we've seen you for the last four years. We know you're from Burnsville." we love to bring you as a preferred guy. And I would say, Kamal, that would be a good shot with the Vikings. One, the Vikings like guys from this area. But also, you have to look at the linebackers with Kendrell Brothers and all these other guys, free agents now, who they probably won't bring back. There is definitely a spot for Kamal to make this Vikings roster if he does not get drafted.
2: And uh, I know you've been up to, to a bunch of digital stuff throughout draft weekend. Where can people see what you're up to? I mean, we usually get to see you, Fox 9. We usually get to hear you on the fan, of course. Uh, weird times and circumstances, at least until the season kicks up closer to the fall. But uh, you've been busy talking to wide receivers and stuff this draft week. And Where can people find your stuff?
11: Yeah, I mean, I've talked to more than just receivers. But, yeah, I mean, we talked to Roy Williams uh, from the Cowboys, who's a former Zimmer draft pick, and he has a great Zimmer story about what happened in their draft room. Um, but everything's going to be on my social, so go to 3 Ron Johnson on Instagram. Um, it's loaded up on IGTV right now. We're going to start loading them up over the next couple of days. Uh, we do have the Eric Decker one up. Uh, we have an interview with Tyler Johnson and Antoine Whitfield Jr. So those actually were really good as well. And they just happen to end up on the same team, which is funny. We asked Antoine about his battles with, uh, Tyler all, you know, every day in practice and they both had comments about how good they made each other. So it's, it's going to be real cool to splice those two together. Um, and talk about the fact that now they still get to fight each other every day in practice for another year or two. Um, and then, you know, the com as well has some stuff up there. We just broke down every round of the draft and every pick, as well as some interviews with some of the draft picks. And then tomorrow uh, I'm doing a national show with Fox and Friends. So 7.30 a.m. Um, I'll be on Fox and Friends talking about the NFL draft, talking about the Vikings, the Lions, Packers, and Bears, of course. Uh, with myself and a couple other former NFL players, uh, we're just going to be discussing the draft. And then, of course, Tom Brady playing for 50 years. Um, that's one of the things they wanted to talk about. And then, you know, the fact that the Bucks got two gophers. So it kind of worked out, but you know, it's been cool to be home working, haven't had to wear pants, just a jacket and a shirt and a tie. So, um, you know, can't complain.
1: Thanks, Ron. You're the best, man. Which, uh, which y'all the best of, uh, health and, uh, luck as we roll on. Thanks. Oh, yeah.
11: Ron. No,
1: appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks brother. Ron Johnson, former Gopher, former uh, Baltimore Raven. The Vikings are one pick away. Uh, Norto the Packers at one seventy-five. The pick is in. Please be a punter. <laughs> Do you think it'll be another? This is the first pick they've had since the one they had yesterday. Here it is.
2: Ooh, Kamal Martin. Didn't take long. Good timing for Ron John at three. Ron Johnson on Twitter. If, if anybody was was unaware of that. Kamal Martin, linebacker, the Golden Gophers, is uh, is headed to Green Bay, so uh, a, a third Gopher off the board. How about that? Awesome, good for him, man. Now
1: the uh, Vikings are up at pick one seventy six. Early on, at pick one sixty nine, they took Tyler Hand. Wasn't that a, no Harrison Hand? Harrison Hand, the Harrison corner out Hand. Of excuse me, the corner. Out of Temple at 169. This is from CBS Sports. Ultra quick, no hesitation corner. Will be overmatched by uh, larger receivers in the NFL. Athleticism is there. We'll find the football with good regularity. Vikings reconstruction of the secondary continues. Here they are with pick 176. We'll get this and then uh, come back and break and do the uh, final segment. There on the clock. I think so far of the players they've picked, not traded away, but the players they pick, I think they've had a pretty good job so far
2: yeah and and that's that's where I'm split on it is I don't like how this draft has gone for the Vikings in terms of moving up, asserting themselves, and acquiring uh front end talent. but I can't argue with any of their selections so far uh sand's the hand bit the the hand pick Harrison hand. Um, i just don 't know much about him, and so i 'm going to reserve judgment in that regard but uh clearly you know given the departure you you lose three corners uh you just added three corners a couple of them that are going to try and compete day one and uh with the uh with hand then of course he 's going to be in the mix as well so vikings on the clock do you think they finally go offense here as the pick is in saucy i uh, hope
1: so i hope it 's a guard i hope it 's the guard that uh... Charge brought up an hour ago the guard from Fresno. Here we go. The pick's in. They've gone
2: three cornerbacks so far. of the pick is in. Here we go, bud. What do we got with that selection? 176th overall. The Minnesota Vikings select K.J. Osborne, Don't wide say it. receiver Don't say out it. of Don't say it. the University of Miami. Don't say it. Hurricanes. Thank you. So, a wide receiver you're excited
1: about, yeah, that. heck yes, another wide receiver. He he transferred from Buffalo to Miami. Uh, so they went wide receiver. We'll give hey! you every okay, I can do the next segment by myself. We'll come back, we'll tell you everything that we've gotten so far. The yes! Vikings picked at pick 169 and then 176. They don't pick again till 201, 203, and then 205. We will most likely be off the air before the Vikings pick again, but KFN will have you covered. It'll be a amazing thing to see when all this is done and how we can look at it. But the Vikings just took a wide receiver out of Miami, K.J. Osborne. The fan. 2020 Yeah Draft coverage Nordo and I Thanks everybody that's joined us Charge PA Ron Johnson Pete Bursich
2: Pete Bursich Bursic, Fargo Flash Fargo Flash Muss How about Cam Danzler And Swervin Irv? That was great what That was probably also. the
1: highlight of the, of the bit so far But uh, if you're just joining us the Vikings and Packers had back to back picks. The the Packers went at one seventy five, and this is not me saying it. It's so all you gopher rubes out there. Keep your tweets to yourself. <laughs> this is what But you but you want to say this on air, so But it's a double edged sword. I want to say it on air because it's the, it's the, the Packers. Packers. Yeah. This is what C, this is just one guy's opinion. This is what CBS Sports wrote about Kamal Martin who went to the Packers at one hundred seventy five. Martin looks the part of a modern day NFL player because of his high cut frame, but he lacks athletic and, and he lacks at, uh, athletic ability. He has a liability in coverage. Good hitter if kept between the tackles. D plus. D plus. D plus.
6: That's our guy Kamal. I love Kamal. Uh, great.
1: The Packers have had an awful, awful draft. So they've gone quarterback, running back. A H back and now Kamal Martin. They've had four picks. And then we took KJ Osborne, a wide receiver out of Miami at uh, pick 176. He, uh, they gave him a C plus. They say Osborne has a deceptive long speed to really stretch the field, tracks it well and can be dangerous after the catch. Some question about his route running ability, like the, uh, they love the depth addition to the Vikings at this position. So, so far, so good.
2: Yeah, there we are. Okay, well, we, uh, well, I, I'm, again, I don't watch Miami football. We added a wide receiver, probably of the special teams. I would bet, yeah. Because, you know, earlier in the draft, the appeal, whether it was a Jalen Rieger or it was a Brandon Ayuk, Iuke's kind of a stud now. I think he only played and excelled one year at Arizona State. I think it was just one season where he really blew up. Have you watched Iuke highlights at all? Just like YouTube and or whatever. Yeah, he's sweet. Holy cat! Yeah, he's sweet. But the appeal of some of those guys was the ability to return kicks as well. Because if Mike Hughes is going to be healthy, and if Mike Hughes is going to play corner on the outside, and if he's going to achieve that first that first round pick status that we that we paid for. Uh, he ain't going to be returning punts and kicks. He's going to be a full-time outside corner, right? And the Amir Abdullah thing wasn't the most exciting thing in the world. So maybe KJ Osborne, and maybe they'll try him. Then maybe uh, Dylan Mitchell again. I mentioned him, practice squad guy from a year ago. Maybe those are options. So, so we're now into the sixth round. One, two. Okay, so it was just uh, what? What do we get? Five straight defensive. Uh, picks before we got to, uh, to KJ. So
1: here, let's just go over it from the beginning. And yeah, why not? Comment. At, pick, at pick 22, the Minnesota Vikings took Justin Jefferson, wide receiver of LSU. Then at 25, they went back to 31 and took Jeff Gladney, a cornerback from TCU. Then at, at 58, uh, round two, everybody thought they'd trade up. They didn't. They sat and got Ezra Cleveland. Who, uh, CBS Sports gave an A minus to a 6'6", 311 offensive tackle. And then at, uh, pick 89, we had him on earlier. Cameron Danzler, the corner out of Mississippi State. Then they went DJ Wanham, a, uh, defensive end out of Southern, uh, South Carolina. Ex- South Carolina, excuse me. Then they went James Lynch. This is where the run of defensive players went. A defensive lineman from Baylor. Troy Dye, a linebacker out of Oregon, who a lot of people love. A lot of people are really excited about this pick. And then Harrison Hand at 169 in the fifth round, a corner from Temple. So if you're keeping track at home, they've gone three corners in this draft. And then the and
2: six the, total defensive players, yep. to just three on the offensive side. And then side their most ball. recent
1: pick, wide receiver KJ Osborne out of Miami. So they pick at uh, 201, 203, 205. 219, 244, 249, and 253. That sounds like my uh, entire weight yo-yoing in fourth grade, but they have seven picks left. Oh, I bet I weighed 200 pounds in fourth grade. Are you serious? Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I weighed over 300 in high school. I was a disgusting mess. The only thing that isn't making me disgust anymore is my perfect teeth. I mean, I was a treat. I mean, I was like bat boy, but... But that being said, after I ripped was myself, was your tongue in jail? <laughs> my Wendy's napkin teeth. I mean, I was a mess. <laughs> if I was an animal, my parents would have just left me in the woods. Oh, it's not, okay,
2: you're you're elite at self-deprecation. But, yeah, it's uh, my half my bit.
1: But, but no we don't pick again it. till two oh one Nordo. Yeah, what are we doing with seven
2: more? draft picks well and i heard rick address it it was late last night i was on the couch enjoying some scotch and watching the media time with rick late last night post round two and three and he mentioned you know kind of the the concept again and we hear it every year it's easier to just select a guy in the seventh round than it is to try and negotiate via college free agency Uh, college free agency a little bit different maybe it's a bit screwy this year given that there's um there's no connectivity, and there's also no rush to get to rookie minicamps that technically won't be taking place in their uh, traditional forms, which would be about a week from now, where we would be at Egan in, in at TCO in Egan, and maybe we're on the perch if the weather's right, and we're pumped up about. That makes me so sad. Yeah, no, there's a lot. But of there's
1: sp- other things going on. I get
2: that. Yeah. Uh, well, you don't need to. I mean, you can be sad about things. You don't have to have a disclaimer for for everything. Well, you do when. Everybody's offended. Yeah, everyone is offended. There's no doubt. But with seven remaining picks, you know, a couple of areas, interior offensive line has not been addressed, and we only have two safeties. True, you know, two true actual. safeties. Oh, there safeties. went
1: charges guy to Denver. Ah, uh, the uh, the guard from Fresno Nute, State. Yeah, a uh, Moody man. He was on this list from yesterday, Nordo. Yeah, when we got into about the midway through the second round, he's been on this list. He entered a he wow, he's only played nineteen games. That would have been fine. I would have liked that pick at one seventy six.
2: Absolutely, but uh, but there it is. I mean, right now this is the point. You know, and I can't say it's it's not throwing darts at a board. I mean, the amount of work that the Viking scouting department does. You know, this is. Whereas you know some of this, it feels like just as fans and we had our own plans. It feels like in some ways that whatever plan they had may have gone awry at one point. They've missed opportunities to trade up and all of those things. But they plan well in advance for this portion of the draft, where now it's it's starting to line up. You know the kids that they talk to at the draft that may have potential, but they know sure as hell, sure as bleep that they're not going uh, on day three. Unless it's a seventh round selection by a team like the Vikings. Yes, so. here come
1: the Patriots again. I can't wait. I
2: love so every time they selected a kicker.
1: They selected a kicker and got an F for it. Can they show? I hope they don't take a quarterback. I hope they go this whole draft without taking a quarterback.
2: Can they show the kitchen again? I just need to see the kitchen. Yeah. I love Belichick and his element. So we, we need a bunch of guys. Position to me at this standpoint, these are all darts. It doesn't feel like any of these guys are going to be um, immediate contributors. Although, you know, going back to it, I mean, just kind of comparing when you're thinking about how important these picks can be. I mean, the Vikings got play out of Armand Watts in the sixth round. Uh Ole Udo was active for games yeah. as a rookie late Didn't he sixth play round. the last game? He did, yeah, right tackle. He, his first NFL snaps were against Khalil Mack. Chris Boyd. Evolved. He looked yeah, hideous but, in the preseason, but, but, but evolved on special teams. He's we've a taken very good special teams. We've player. taken
1: three corners today, though. Here come the New but England Patriots. But we lost corners. Okay. I would have taken that guy on
2: on Winu. I would have Michigan taken guard. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Another interior lineman gone. Uh, BC Johnson, of course, the most notable of the late rounders, getting a ton of action partially due to the injury to Chad Beebe and scored a couple of touchdowns, I think one each in each Lions game. And then he kind of tailed off, as some rookies do. So uh, we got some play out of our late rounders last year, and maybe that'll be the case again, whether it be via injury or otherwise. But uh, for right now, I'm just addressing the O-line, man. Things went weird and this Trent Williams thing. I, I don't know how... I don't I, I wish I could conceptualize how that has impacted or not impacted the things they've done over the course of the I round. think
1: uh, if you want my honest opinion I think they were convinced they were getting him
2: I think I think they thought it was I a
1: think done they deal. thought it was a done deal and then they waited too long in the second round and I think although you go back on it I think Ezra was one of the only offensive linemen taken in the second round uh tackles excuse me I don't think there were a lot of tackles taken in the second round
2: Well you had Jones he was in the
1: third round, third or fourth round. He may have been. Yeah, Jones is like the seventy eighth overall
2: pick last night. So the first tackle, indeed, was our guy Ezra. Right. So and i that made, was it, and the right. next guy was Jones in the third. So I in think. a
1: perfect world, he fell to him. Now, if Ezra goes fifty fourth, I'm convinced they thought they had him, and this whole thing fell apart. Yeah, but I'm, you know. I'm easily swayed. Corey can get me to do just about anything. I mean, if change you, my opinion, but the money they would have had to spend on him, I I, I I'll roll with Ezra. I think I I like what Chart said. I think Ezra could be your starting uh, tackle next year. But the dead money next year for uh, Riley is way 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 down from what it is this year. It's about four and change. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, it's it's I, only excuse me. It's four in twenty twenty. I think it's about a million or something in 2021.
2: It's like two, yeah. Yeah,
1: but I like that, man. I'm fine with the picks that they've made. I just question where they've gotten them, if you know what I mean. I just, I thought maybe they'd come up and dagger some players in the fourth and fifth round. Or excuse me, the fourth and third round. I thought we'd have a slew of activity in the third round last night. Then they get to 105 and they immediately trade back. I just, I don't know, man. I, I stand with the players they've taken. I just I don't I think they could have had a, taken a swing at Tyler Johnson at one sixty, you know maybe gotten up and gotten him in the early sixties gotten out of Tampa. But
2: yeah, then but, they but the receiver that they take though is a completely it he appears to be a completely different type of receiver. Yeah, I think you're right. So maybe so maybe I mean as much as we love him and Tyler's awesome, maybe they just looked at. Maybe at this stage of the draft, they're like, we want a certain type of person that can do a certain type of thing. Like, you're not going to have Tyler returning kicks for you. And so if that's, you know, I'm just looking at a role that yeah, K.J. Osborne might play, you know, I don't know where he's at, but a special teams reserve role, that would not be the role that maybe, maybe it's just beauty in the eye of the beholder, I guess. And and part of that, too, is the fact that we're Gophers fans, and he's one of the best Gophers we've seen in a long time, and it would have been nice for the hometown kid to uh to stay at home. But lucky for him, he gets to go down to Tampa. Yeah. Hang out with his buddy Antoine. And get a condo together and do their thing.
1: Yeah. Tampa's probably beautiful all throughout the football season. So, uh, Nordo, as we kind of wrap up here. Yeah, sure. I think they've done all right. I would have loved to have seen a couple interior linemen, but they, you know, in the fourth round they took all defensive players. In fact, from after they picked Ezra Cleveland, they went one, two. Three, four, five straight defensive players. Yeah, they've taken six defensive players to three uh, offensive players, which
2: is where they sustain the most losses. Yeah, so which is it makes good sense defensively.
1: But I would have loved an interior lineman. I'd like to see them maybe trade up here and get somebody. I don't, know, whoever is available. But I think they've kind of. I don't know what they're going to do with seven more picks in in
2: these final. How about that? We're we're completing four hours of radio and they still have seven selections yeah seven picks the saints have had none so i mean i i would assume at least you know two or three if not all of those seventh round selections will be on guys that they targeted via college free agency and yeah they, and they just don't want to deal with the bs yeah and so there's there's your four sevenths right there and you know fill a need or two here and uh you know, as we as we wrap up here, a uh, final rube poll uh, of the day, at least uh, that we'll have on the air, um, KFAN one zero zero three. Been doing these rube polls all, all draft, and we thank the listeners for chiming in and participating. Um, the Vikings chose a corner and a wide receiver in round five. How would you grade these choices? Rube Nation's a little sour on him, my man. Thirty six point uh, nine percent, thirty seven percent. A, B, C, or F? They chose a C. Yeah. So, overall it's it's kind of an eh I think they're reaction. frustrated I think they're
1: frustrated with making all these trades. Yeah. I think they would have liked to had
2: eight players as opposed to 15. Right. And maybe in the higher rounds, but And the only the only thing I don't get is is you know, the notation that there's only 60 or 65 guys. They deal with this every year. So, the the unique nature of it it's not about well, we only have so many guys on contract, we need an extra thirty guys right now that's That's not necessarily as much the the issue as you know I thought the important aspect of this was getting guys in a weird off season that could come in and perform early and uh, and clearly, the team uh, the way that things have laid out uh, thought otherwise, and so I'm split man i'm fifty fifty because i like I like all of the guys leading up to. Even the linebacker out of Oregon. Not, I don't know much about the the most recent two. I like the guys we have, so I'm excited about those guys. I'm pumped. We got two corners. We got a badass wide receiver in the first round, and in uh, Gladney's uh, just an angry, uh, just a force out there on the edge. Ezra, he's going to have a chance to play. Dantzler's cool. DJ Wantum finally got some pass rush with him and James Lynch. So I'm cool with all the names. I'm cool with the guys. Just uh It certainly did not unfold the way that I thought, Saucy.
1: I love the first four picks. I love it. I love the Justin Jefferson pick. I didn't think he'd be there. I love that they moved back and got Gladney. I love the Ezra Cleveland pick and the Cameron Dancer pick. I think it's great. The other guys, I have no idea. We'll see how they all work out, but it's good to have depth. And I hope, I hope, that we can kind of get back uh life back to normal here uh sooner rather than later but i the most important thing is i really like to see fall football i'd really like with or without fans i just really like to see it man there's a lot of odd things going on in this world i think espn pulled this thing off perfectly i think they did a great they did job a great job a great job with how they established this whole bit but You know, here we are, man. The Vikings took a bunch of players. They took uh, the last four players. They took K.J. Osborne out of Miami, a wide receiver, Harrison Hand. Cornerback uh, Temple. Cornerback Temple. Troy Dye, a linebacker out of Oregon. James Lynch, a defensive lineman out of Baylor. D.J. Wanham, an edge player from uh, South Carolina. Still seven to go. Still seven to go, man. But here we go. Keep it on KFAN.com and KFAN on Twitter for everything we need. Thanks to PA. Thanks to Charge. Thanks to Ron Johnson. Thanks to Pete Bursich, Cameron Dansler, Irv Smith, Mus, everyone we've had. Fargo Flash. Fargo Flash. Thank you to Brianne. And thank you for listening. It's been a blast. Oh yeah, I you, love guys. doing this every year with Eric Nordquist. We'll see you on Monday for the Power Trip Morning Show. Bye.